This episode of the podcast is brought to you by From Within Records. Late summer 2022, the final installment in the trilogy from within records, once in unity comp, not one truth, hellbound and never again, C4, chemical fix, search for purpose, stiff meds, fool's game, contention, buried alive, live it down, gridiron, Adrian, broken vow, nothing but enemies, submit, killing me and wreckage. Stay tuned. That comp is going to be fucking awesome. And still 12 inch EP coming summer 2022 by Envision. If you're not following from within records on social media, please boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, click that follow button and stay up to date on all the current news. And like I always say, please support from within records because they support us. If you're looking for high quality merch, please go hit up our friends over at Good Fortune Printing out of Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. They do really awesome stuff. They print a lot of merch for your favorite bands. They've printed all my collab tees, and I am looking forward to working with them again in the future. So please go follow Good Fortune Printing on Instagram at Good Fortune Printing. You can contact them at contact at goodfortuneprinting.com. And they're very awesome. I love Wilkesbury. On today's episode, we had to track down our good buddy Pedro. He plays in a band called Dying Wish. They're currently on tour with Code Orange. Hopefully, they're coming to a city near you. It was very awesome for me to sit down with somebody, especially someone from the Portland scene. I, I think he might have been the first person from the Portland scene to come on the podcast, which was awesome for me. He's a great guy, really fun to talk to. We DM and text all the time. Uh, uh, you know, big part of the podcast we spent a lot of time talking about mma which i know a lot of you out there are fans of um we spent a lot of time talking about the band it was just overall a great podcast i had a great time talking to pedro i'm happy to see his band uh out there doing some awesome stuff breaking down barriers and just getting out there touring with bigger bands they're about to do that crazy tour with limp biscuit which is wild so hopefully uh, all of you out there support them and hit up some of those bigger shows, but please strap in, enjoy this conversation without further ado. Welcome Pedro to the show. happy to have you on the podcast I, I feel like i'm always uh dming you about like the most random stuff so i'm happy to finally have you on the podcast yeah man yeah i'm i'm hyped this is like my first one. Oh, really okay well well yeah. I'm, I'm i'm happy that you decided to come on the best podcast in the world yeah. thank you i i appreciate yeah. it you uh, get like w one million streams and everything is gonna be sick <laughs> the numbers are gonna go crazy when they see um that you're on the episode today <laughs> so thank you thank you thank you for, you for sure. the boost <laughs> um Hell yeah. 
but uh, how are things uh, for uh, people who may not know um, you play in a band called uh, Dying Wish and uh, today's yeah. um, just an off day for you, correct? Yeah, yeah. We had a off day yesterday too because Code Orange is at Coachella right now. Um, so we're just chilling until tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of curious, like, how does that work? Like, obviously you knew like ahead of time that they're going to be on the fest. So, um, was there any option uh, for you guys to maybe attend the fest or were you guys just like, ah, we'll just go chill in the area. Um, I don't think there was an option to, unfortunately, but like, uh, we're not really used to this many off days. We usually try to fill them, like mm -hmm. play as much shows as we can. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, but at least we got the one tomorrow, but yeah, that's yeah. like, it's kind of like one of those things where like, you'll see the touring route and you're like, okay, this is how many off days there is. Mm -hmm. And then it's up to you if you want to fill them or not, but we always try to. Okay. Yeah. Cause sometimes I just like assume that like, maybe there's like a, a radius clause. So maybe people like, you know, wouldn't want to reach out like you know, to try to help you fill those off days. Yeah. Yeah. There definitely is sometimes, which is kind of annoying, but you know, whatever okay for sure yeah and a uh, shout out to um, yuma arizona we, we just talked about this but before we started recording but you, you guys are playing in yuma arizona tomorrow uh a great scene uh um, everyone out there is dedicated uh shout out to jeff yuma he, he's been doing awesome stuff out there for a really long time yeah yeah no i'm excited like the few people that we know from there have said that like it's gonna be sick or like usually shows there always go crazy mm -hmm. people buy a lot of merch like shit like that so yeah we're we're hyped okay yeah well um I, i'm just curious uh how has uh tour been for you guys so far because obviously uh, there's been some dates uh before the break yeah no um tour has been really good uh all the shows have been sick for us for the most part um we played like a one-off show with loathe in fresno the other day mm -hmm. and that was fucking insane like um craziest show of the tour quote unquote because it's like not actually on the tour we just did like a one-off mm -hmm. um but yeah like watching code every night has been sick like it's crazy like how much production shit they have going on and like fucking how long they've been doing it it's really cool yeah i'm actually really jealous because i haven't seen code orange in a long time and the last time i was supposed to see them was when they were supposed to play coachella before it got canceled and oh yeah yeah and that was something that i was like really looking forward to uh but then i i watched their live streams so i i saw like you know the the you know production back then which i thought was like super awesome and i was kind of bummed because thinking about what that would have been like at the festival would have been super sick but uh, mm -hmm. you know uh, since then they haven't really have been out here uh, for something that i've been able to to attend like i i really wanted to go to coachella this year but i just had um just like some like scheduling stuff like that i couldn't you know pass up yeah 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 um sorry jeff was right behind me grabbing shit no you're all good I don't know if, he caught, if he caught that no no i'm your your airpods did a good job of not letting those in hell yeah no i've literally i've had these airpods for like three years and i recently just figured out how to turn on the noise cancellation shit okay hell yeah yeah so yeah, I'm actually, works. I'm, I'm actually really surprised Yeah, because I, I didn't hear anything. Cool, cool. He's gonna, he might be in the video, so, oh well. <laughs> That's totally fine. For, for for the viewers, it's a nice little treat that they didn't expect. <laughs> exactly, yeah. 
Okay, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, being on this to uh, this tour with uh, Code Orange and Loth, um, you know, uh, how is it? Uh, you know, how are you guys uh, approached to, to be honest? Because it's, it's a pretty big tour, right? Because you guys think Code Orange top three, like you know, biggest hardcore band. Uh, I, I know a lot of people don't like to call them a hardcore band these days, but I, I still consider them a hardcore band. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I do too. Like, they've been on for so long that like. I mean, they started as a hardcore band. They still are a hardcore band. They're just, you know, fucking, it just sounds different, but it's the same exact, like, shit. And I mean, like, where you could, like, call us not a hardcore band either, but, like, we came from the hardcore scene. We, like, played fucking hundreds of hardcore shows. Like, we still consider ourselves a hardcore band, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I, uh, I, I view Dianguish in the same way too. Like, um, mm-hmm. I, when I look at what I'm, you guys are doing w- with your band, doing bigger stuff, which I think is super awesome. I don't like, you know, take you out of that box. Cool, thank you. And as far as the the Portland scene, I, I'm just kind of curious, like, what it was like for, for for you and like, you know, starting this band in that scene. Yeah. Um. Damn. Okay. So we started as in a different name mm-hmm. and i'm not going to say the name but those who know will probably know what band i'm talking about so we started as that we put out a demo and like i mean at least personally for me like we didn't really know what the fuck we want to sound like we just knew that we wanted like you know start a hardcore band and then like um at the time it was like i feel like it was mostly like punk cross punk bands like playing and shit like that and like I don't know, like you'll get your youth crew shit in there and then you'll get like your heavier, like, um, I don't know, like doomy hardcore bullshit. And then, you know, we kept playing shows, put out that demo, put out more shit. And then finally we were like, we kind of like want to play heavier shit. And like, I mean, it was like two, three weeks before we put out that demo and like I had bought a guitar and I was like, I I need to learn how to use this shit. And fucking fast forward to that now it's like complete night and day and i think for us also it was really good timing because there wasn't really a band that sounded like us kind of like we were like definitely were more influenced by like uh like the metalcore side of hardcore like 18 visions fucking archangel like hey thousand shit like euro shit and then like um it just so happens that our singer's a girl so that also kind of put us like in a different box than like most bands in our hometown, mm-hmm. which is like completely reversed now because there's like so much more girls like starting bands in Portland now. That's all. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, maybe Dianguish had a direct influence in that kind of opening the doors and showing people that, you know, that kind of stuff is actually possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, there's always has to be that first person that, you know, does that shit or like, you know, gets made fun of for it. And then like, down the line they're like oh shit they actually start like originated that or whatever the fuck um but yeah it's it's really cool to see though because like now like i don't know there's like a new crop of hardcore kids in portland and it's like the most diverse you can think of like different people like left and right and it's sick and there's like kids coming out for every show which is cool Hell yeah. Um, when I was DMing you a couple days ago about uh, when I was in Portland, uh, like a while back, and I, I remember 
when I was going to that show at, at that older venue, I, I, like all I could think about was like, wow, like where are all the hardcore kids? Because I felt so out of place because I was at some like ska show. You know, I'd never been to a ska show in my life. I don't really listen to ska. <laughs> and yeah. I remember um, just walking through the venue. I saw this one kid. I, I didn't even talk to him, but I, I saw this one kid in a harm's way hoodie. And I was like, okay. I was like, I don't feel so out of place anymore just because I saw that one dude in, in like a random hoodie. And I remember even like my buddy who like lived there at the time, I was asking him about like, you know, what's going on, like, like where all the hardcore kids at. And like, I don't know, he just wasn't really into like hardcore that much. He didn't really know what was going on. So it was just kind of like pointless for me to ask him about it. But I'm happy to hear like, you know, fast forward years later, there's a band like Dying Wish and hearing about this new crop of kids and, you know, it being actually active up there from where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Like. I want like if you because you're saying you went to the Branks, you said yeah, um, yeah. I wonder, I wonder how either before or after um, that show I was telling you where that thing happened, and then they got fucking closed down like pretty quickly after. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like at least during when the Branks was still around, like we were going to shows, and like it was definitely quote unquote like our hazing period. Or like you know you'll see the same like older guys or like quote unquote crew dudes there and you're like oh like hopefully it doesn't fucking beat the shit out of me today but like at the same time it's like that's kind of what like attracted it attracted me to that music mm-hmm. where it's like you know you'll go to a house show and it'll be like a couple beatdown bands playing and like this older guy that you probably just saw that night just comes up to you and fucking smacks you in the face and you're like oh fuck like that was cool and you're like, I need to feel that again. So you keep coming and keep coming. Or you go the other way. You're like, no, fuck that. That was stupid. I'm never coming back to a show again. Yeah, just get ran off on your first night. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. Thinking back, I don't even know why I was so attracted to moshing, you know, throwing spin kicks and like, you know, throwing my fists. Um, I, I don't do it as much these days, but yeah, it's, it's pretty funny trying to like explain it to people because like for, for someone on the outside, like trying to understand, like, yeah, it just sounds like really weird yeah it it makes no sense like if like on paper it sounds cringy as fuck Mm -hmm. but at the same time you're like like it makes it makes sense to us and i don't think it's supposed to make sense to like anybody else and that's also part of the reason why like hardcore is sick Mm -hmm. so i've been you know obviously i've known about dying wish forever i I think one of the coolest things that um you guys have done as a band is uh you guys put out a split with a band called serration which i i think that band is so sick and you know they're from uh, canada which isn't like that far away but i think the fact that they're from canada people just don't really know like a whole lot of what's going on up there but just knowing that um, you guys did a split with that band which i think like they're such a sick band i love that style i was like this is such a cool split mm-hmm. um yeah it's unfortunate like people don't really check for canada that much and like there's a lot of fucking good bands up there like obviously like you said serration uh there's like world of pleasure there's fucking uh mortality rate fucking like at least as far as for us like vancouver bc was like one of the first places that like really like liked us and like we're like hey like keep playing shows over here and then like one of our first tours was a Canada run and shit. Like it, it's unfortunate that people don't check for Canada, but like at the same time, like they're doing their thing. Like they, like they have like that wild rose festival that finally is back. Like that they're doing this year mm-hmm. and like, yeah, like serrations are the homies. Like we always tell them like, once we do our fucking headliner, you're coming with us. Like fucking yeah, that split definitely opened a lot of doors for us too. 
Yeah, and I'm happy to hear that you still have that relationship with that band because, um, yeah, obviously, uh, if you look at a lot of splits, uh, like I feel like it's always like one band will kind of like gain success and like the other band will mm-hmm. will either you know stick around or they'll just completely disappear. So, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's always like oh, like when you do a split, with somebody you're like trying to like body them, but at least with us, like they're the homies still like we just both want to fucking put out really good songs and yeah like sometimes i'm like damn this ration side of it is harder than our shit and then like you know they'll say the same shit back or like something like that and i am curious about that split was there a reason why they had more tracks than you guys uh, i don't know i don't remember um yeah because we had two and they had like three i think and they had like i think one was only like a sound clip or some shit mm-hmm okay i think yeah yeah but yeah okay might have might have might have been laziness to be honest with you i don't know <laughs> okay for sure <laughs> yeah and you, you can't really like you know predict the success of anything like that right you just kind of put it out there and just kind of you know see where it lands yeah because like on at least on autumn's final uh son we were like fuck we're gonna start singing and like we didn't know if people are gonna like it or hate it mm-hmm. and yeah it looks like they liked it a little bit at least yeah i i feel like there has to be like you know some progression at some point because as much as i would love for like a band that i enjoy to put out the same record over and over again like it's going to get stale at some point so you have to find new ways to be innovative and you know be creative with your sound so um, you know adding stuff like singing i I think is something cool and it might not be for everybody but you know i I feel like it's a cool thing to be able to kind of move in that direction and add something new to the arsenal yeah and i i don't know i feel like we were probably heading in that direction anyway just because like our genre has singing in it like it's there um but yeah and i think i mean emma sings really well so it was like a no-brainer like she was in choir and shit Mm -hmm. so might as well yeah in there yeah if the skill's there why not use it yeah yeah okay and at what point for you did you start to kind of realize like oh crap like our band is actually gaining traction and people actually care about us um i'm trying to think i it might have been a little bit of that feeling when um no actually fuck that when we released our record and we played the hawthorne theater um and like there was like 300 350 like 350 people there like just to see us and shit and it was like packed and like fucking everyone was vibing like everyone was fucking having a crazy time that's when i was like okay people fucking like us like holy shit Mm -hmm. um and then yeah and it's funny because we did like that motionless tour um and then then the record release and then the fucking uh code orange store and still kind of like like why do people like us that much? Like, what the fuck? But it's sick at the same time. And when you were on that motionless tour, uh, <clears throat> do you feel like the crowds there were like, you know, in tune with them? Who, you know, who Dying Wish was, or were you like just kind of gaining new fans as like you were playing those the dates on that tour? I think it was mostly gaining new fans, like trying to win people over, mm-hmm. like, um, like not for nothing, like the first like motionless EP they were just basically doing what bleeding through was doing like, <laughs> yeah it's so yeah. sick yeah 
yeah um and like it was funny like one i forget what day it was but i was wearing like an it dies today t-shirt and then chris was just like oh fuck like you have an it dies today t-shirt and i was like yeah and then like they were hyped about it so like they're like basically they're just like a version of that and just took it as far as they could and they're still doing it now like they're fucking huge mm-hmm. um but to answer your question yeah it was mostly just like trying to win people over and like it's not like we sounded crazy different from them, but we definitely sounded like an earlier version of what of when they were a band. So that was cool. And for people who may not be familiar with Motionless, uh, the was it the bass player? Doesn't he normally dress up for tour? All of them do actually. Okay, because yeah. I because I remember last time I saw them, it was a, it was this like years ago. It was like House of Blues at Anaheim, and uh, if I remember correctly, the, the bass. I'm pretty sure it was the bass player. He was dressed up as. Um, uh, the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Leatherface. Oh, okay, yeah. I think I think they might have had a different basis when we toured with them, mm-hmm. but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Which, yeah, like every night he would be like a different character. Yeah, which is just insane because you gotta think it's exhausting enough to play a show, but to mm-hmm. you know put on all that makeup and like these are like not like the, you know, cheap costumes. It was like look you know pretty good. Yeah, no, the they were like doing like full on like makeup and like crazy like outfits and shit and like looking like some shit out of uh what's that one movie um uh fuck it's the one with like they're in like a dystopian era type of shit uh, what mad max uh, mad max yeah, okay. yeah, yeah 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 it's like that type of stuff and i'm just like that's fucking cool they like to see and shit is that something you would ever want to do to if you know get to that point where like you guys are dressing up every night and having like a, like a cool <laughs> theme for tour um uh well i mean personally for me like i feel like i'm like the least or at least like me and maybe the drummer are the least like dressed up when we play like i just like put on a black t-shirt and dickies and call it a day and like you know the rest of the bands like you know fit it out but i mean i wouldn't be opposed to it but we'll see we'll see what happens okay i guess only yeah. only time will tell and you mentioned um it dies today i have to you know pay respects to that band because they they're so sick I, I feel like they put out probably one of the heaviest eps ever like that forever scorned ep oh dude dude yeah insane yeah. like i yeah. I, I listen to that and i'm just i just think man like because like, i only got to see them live once and that was like after like the um the the ep like cause it was already when they were like signed to was it like victory or whatever they were on i um, think it was yeah as, yeah so like they didn't really play much off that ep but like i just wish i could hear that ep live that shit's so sick yeah like there's that video um them playing hellfest and it i forget i forget what song it was but like they stopped the breakdown like towards the end mm-hmm. and they're just like hi they're like saying like oh shit like open this fucking pit up and then they play the fucking breakdown and like everyone's moshing like everyone looks like a fucking ninja fighting the air it was it's crazy yeah i'll have to link you it oh yeah definitely say that to me because i'm curious because I, I really do enjoy that band and think that um you know they're super sick and i'm not too sure like how like you know like you know people are like into them these days so like you know hearing you mention them i, I get you know pretty hyped mm-hmm. yeah it, it definitely fell off after the fucking the first album um and they started to get weird but i feel like i don't know at least back then it seems like that's what happened to every band like at least like good metalcore bands just start doing some weird wacky shit after the second album yeah and i'm just like is that like the music they really want to play or is it like the label putting pressure on them so i'm I'm always curious about stuff like that yeah exactly yeah 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 and then you know we'll never know 
<laughs> you know, there was this uh, metalcore band. I, I don't remember which city they're from, but they're from Arizona. Um, it was like early 2000s. This band called Life in Pictures. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Mm, maybe. It sounds familiar. Okay. Because whenever I, I talk about metalcore, that's like one band that I always like try to bring up. Because uh, they weren't like obscure or anything, but they just like had like one record. And I, I always like really enjoyed their music. So I always try to tell people about them. Yeah. Yeah. No, fucking um, the first as Blood Runs Black record is definitely that, like in my grails of dude, like top. <laughs> dude, they have they hadn't like a crazy wave because I I was around when mm-hmm. they were um, you know playing those shows with that like OG lineup and on that record and I just remember yeah. like I I could not believe like how like much people like love that band like I was I, I enjoyed them too and just being at like their shows it, it was crazy like that's like one band that I'm surprised that isn't like really like super active these days like doing like bigger stuff. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like you said, like earlier, it's like, how, how long do you want, you know, your favorite band to keep writing the same shit? And I think that's exactly what happened to them. Like, uh, I don't even fucking know, but they had like so many like lead singer changes. And then like, it just sounded like recycled breakdowns and riffs towards the end. And it was just like, you know, like, it's really hard to capture that magic of that first release sometimes, but like some bands just really fall off after that. There was a band out here. Uh, they're like uh, for anyone who was like around at the time. They're kind of like uh, you know well respected because like the music was so good for the time. It was like this band called Underneath the Gun. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. and like when, when they wrote that like that uh, uh, that first like EP, they were all in like high school, and then the band had a like, I think it stopped doing so because the, the singer had like a like a heart condition, and he like could not like perform because he would like probably end up killing himself. Oh shit! I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had some heart condition. I, I don't know exactly what it was, but it was bad enough to where, like, yeah, he's like he couldn't continue doing, or like he couldn't continue being a frontman because it was just like putting too much strain on him. Mm-hmm. No, that yeah, because I remember that, like they had their like moment, and I was like seeing them a lot on MySpace and shit, and then all all of a sudden it just like they disappeared, and I was like, wonder what the fuck happened. Yeah, but that's like, just that's classic MySpace, like metalcore, deathcore though. I feel like. It was, you know, MySpace was such a good tool for its time for for me to find like so much music. Because like when I was getting into hardcore, like it was all thanks to MySpace for me to be able to find new bands. Because like my sister kind of like started me off, and then uh, mm-hmm. she was like, "Here's a couple bands," and then from there I was like, "All right, cool. I'm gonna spend hours just kind of jumping around and like just checking shit out." And you know, then like top eights became a thing, and that made it like way easier. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you just go to your favorite band's fucking MySpace and then look who in the, in their top eight and then just go from there and then down the fucking wormhole. Yeah. And that, the, I guess, uh, you know, I, I kind of look at Twitter as like, do you remember on MySpace, these have like the bulletin board? Yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, I, feel, yeah, I kind yeah. of feel like that's what like Twitter is now because like people could just post whatever on the bulletin board for everyone to see. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you wouldn't have to go like too deep into the profile. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed MySpace. Um, definitely is something that has always looked back on like fondly because there was just, uh, you know, it was like not like the first of its kind because there was like, you know, Live Journal and like Friendster before that, but it was just like, yeah, this weird thing that everybody had. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know, like fucking, I learned like HTML code like from MySpace and like, mm-hmm. you know, shit like that. <laughs> like, it's just, it was such a weird thing I, I never got into tumblr i don't know what the fuck tumblr was about but like yeah myspace was my shit yeah i i, I had you know it's funny is that i had a tumblr um 
And then it just became like so fucking weird. And I was like, I don't even know why I'm on this thing. I I, I still have a Tumblr, uh, but it's like pri- uh-huh. it's like private because I don't want anybody to see all my weird posts from back in the day. But I, I, I went from Tumblr. I was like, OK, I, I need to be more legit. So let me like get an actual website. So I went from Tumblr to now my like actual website that's like still up, uh, which is yeah. like way more professional than me, like reblogging like random bullshit that doesn't even matter yeah like i just remember like when like uh fuck like all those like pop punk bands like the wonder years and like transit and like shit like that like mm-hmm. it's someone i forgot what it was but it was like they they called it like tumblr pop punk so like all of like their lyrics would be plastered on some like like on some fucking like you know some weird ass lyrics about the sea and then it's like a picture of a wave and then it's like <laughs> the fucking like uh bird from the wonder years at the bottom like shit like that like that's what i thought it was and i was like that's fucking stupid i don't want to go on there yeah it was yeah it was like this weird thing yeah that that you, you summed it up pretty well that's basically what a lot of it was with people like posting yeah. like <laughs> motivational stuff um yeah there was like legit blogging like some bands that i followed like would post tour dates and stuff but it just never really caught on like myspace did or how facebook yeah. and twitter and all that stuff kind of took off yeah yeah and I, I, yeah, it's like Tumblr's still a thing, right? Yeah, yeah, shit. yeah. Tumblr's still around. I'll I'll go log into mine. Um, every you know what's weird is like I'll log into mine, uh, and I still have friends on there that are still using it actively to this day. And I'm just like, okay, weird. Yeah. I yeah, I, I don't want to be too judgy about it, but I'm just like, how why the, why the <laughs> fuck are you still posting on this website? Who's 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 reading this? Uh, you know that consistently yeah uh, i I think it's okay to shame your friends sometimes it's like why the fuck are you doing that weird shit but whatever yeah for sure okay <laughs> um so dying wishes uh you know i i feel like uh, on this like crazy trajectory right because obviously uh you're on the code orange tour right now which is awesome uh and then there is that limb biscuit tour that was announced yeah that one <laughs> and uh you, you know yeah. th- that that took the whole like you know hardcore community by storm because you know bands like you know dying wish and scowl um are on it uh but i'm just curious um if you can talk about it and, you know, do you know how the band was approached to do that tour um i'm pretty sure uh let me confirm this before i say this okay did fred durst reach out to tom or how was it to get the limp biscuit tour? Or management. Yeah, it was management. Okay, so yeah, it was just some yeah some fucking management shit. Their management reached out to ours, and obviously we're not going to say no. And like, yeah, that's pretty much how it happened. I mean, there was that fucking uh, there was like a TikTok video of us playing, and then I think I think Fred Durst commented on it and said something, and then that also happened. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's probably a correlation between the two, but yeah that's that's pretty much how that happened and was there any hesitation uh when the offer arrived or were you guys just like down from the start um personally i thought it was fake i thought i was like what like that can't be real and then like i saw scowl like also like on the shit and i was Mm -hmm. like okay maybe this is real like what like uh, like obviously we're down but like what the fuck like why not like a why as in like why are you asking us but like holy shit like that's cool but like why <laughs> yeah because you got to think uh for a, a band is or a big or for a band as big as limp biscuit is uh for them to you know pick 
you know two bands from the hardcore scene when there's you know a crazy amount of bands and you know a plenty of other genres it, it is wild to, to think about because i remember when i saw the tour flyer i was like holy shit that's mm-hmm. wild but such a cool opportunity yeah yeah and like fucking i just like that it's like very mixed like there's like that wargasm band i went like I, like after i saw the flyer i went and looked, and looked up all the rest of the people that are playing that shit mm-hmm. and like that's not rapper like my i because i always talked to my little brother i was like all right what are the streets listening to because he's a fucking hip-hop head he like tells me everything mm-hmm. like you know all the young rappers that are up and coming and he was just like blown away by the fact that snot was on it and then our band name was on it too so it's sick like it, if it, if i had it my way like every tour would be mixed because it's just like rap hip-hop hardcore like they're the same fucking thing pretty much like the energy is the same fucking energy it just mm. sounds different that's just all it is yeah i would definitely agree because i've been to plenty of rap shows and seen you know the kids getting crazy before the even even before the artist would even get on stage like the dj just playing the right song and people just going yeah. off i'm like wow this is like electrifying and then the person's not even playing it's just literally the dj just playing the right song and like yeah the, the you know the, the bass is just like you know the, the subwoofers are just shaking the building and it's just going nuts i'm like wow this is yeah. this is crazy to be having like this much fun before the show's even actually started yeah like they'll be jumping up and down and shit and like people stage diving like that's a fucking that's just like a hardcore show at the same time yeah 100 percent. okay and just curious for this like bigger tour uh, are you guys planning on doing like a bigger like production or like anything special or are you guys just trying to keep it the same uh just on a, a little bit of a bigger scale um yeah i think because so like we're doing um so obviously we're doing that code tour and then we have like two weeks that we're doing with like uh, we're doing another tour before the limp biscuit thing um so we're basically on the road for the whole time um so we don't we won't have any crazy production it's just going to be you know us but it's just going to be sick that we're playing to like a more bigger fucking place like fucking arenas and shit mm-hmm. yeah and so. and did you ever think you would be doing something this big, especially like this early on? Cause you know, uh, you know, the, the success of the band, it's only, you know, it's fairly recent, right? The, the, the full length, you know, yeah. came out just like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, no, to answer your question, like this quick, hell no. Uh-uh. But at the same time, I think we were just lucky that our timing was right. Um, the album's fucking good. And also like, our team like our management our fucking you know booking agents our managers and shit like that they ride for us really hard so all of that like together i think just makes us so we just get to fucking play and then reap the benefits of all that shit Mm -hmm. and but uh, yeah i'm curious about a sharp tone uh how did you guys link up and build that relationship um i think i believe they reached out when um trying to think exactly the timeline because it uh i mean he knows this but like we were like sharp tone like that's weird like we looked at their roster we're like all these bands are like not really bands we vibe with but um at the same time we were like it's it just like the way they were like approaching us and like 
you know, contracts and shit like that, like all that stupid shit. It, it seemed like they were just going to ride for us for the whole time and like mm. really like put us out. Um, and you know, try to make us as successful as possible. And we also like the fact that like, we kind of are the only band that sound like we do on their roster. Um, so like, you know, keeps us over here and like, you don't have a label that just keeps cranking out the same exact band every fucking time, which is cool. I think that's kind of what won us over in the end. So, and was there ever any thought? Cause you know, people from like the, the, the hardcore scene, they, uh, you know, see a band gaining success, you would uh, imagine that they would probably go to like a more traditional, like hardcore label to start off with, but for, for you guys to go straight to, um, sharp tone, but which was definitely a good move. Um, was there ever any thought to maybe want to go to those like traditional labels beforehand? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think there definitely was a little bit just cause like we, you know, like you said, like we definitely still consider ourselves a hardcore band. So we're like, Hmm, like, this is not necessarily a hardcore label at all. So it'd be kind of weird, but I think in the end it was the right decision. Um, Cause it's like, at least for me, I've always been the type of person where it's like, it's better to, you know, stick out, do your own thing, like not do the same exact shit that everyone else is doing. And I think, you know, it really paid off in the end for us, you know, signing with sharp tone. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause I, I feel like, in terms of the music you guys had like you know by that point like already like solidified your sound so you had that down so i felt like um you guys could have landed anywhere but for you guys to to choose and to go to this label that you know probably wasn't on you know if you asked any normal hardcore kid oh like where do you think diane wish would go like that it probably would have oh yeah. yeah nobody would have said sharp tone right but for, no. for, for uh-huh. you but for you guys to, to get that opportunity and, and, and to take it uh, and to take that risk right because you didn't know how it was going to pan out in the very beginning i i, I think it's awesome yeah. that you guys were able to to you know kind of um, put yourselves out there and um, you know make that bold move and uh, you know it pay off yeah yeah and i I think a a lot of it had to do with like you know whatever happens happens like we believe in ourselves we will grind it out we will like you know try to play as much shows as possible we believe in our music so it's like it's one of those things where like wherever we landed i think we would have done well anyway um but yeah just like i just we just really like the way that they approached us and like the way things panned out and like they're such a fucking great team to have. And I think a lot of our success is because of that. Okay. And you mentioned how busy the, the band's going to be with these upcoming tours. Uh, do you prefer it that way or do you ever get um, homesick or like, how is it like for you mentally? Cause I know that can definitely, you know, be a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, no fucking, yeah. We're going to not be home very much. And I, I know at least a lot of us kind of like knew that's what we wanted. Like, we're working our asses off to like not be home to like, you know, um, and then when we are home, we're going to be comfortable. Like we're not going to be like, you know, coming home with negative bank accounts and shit like that. Um, but mentally it is sometimes like an uphill battle. Um, at least for me, like I'm always, you know, either I'm working out, you know, <laughs> doing some form of like, you know, mental check to make sure I'm good. But then you're also just going to have days where you feel like shit, you didn't get enough sleep um everyone's fucking annoying you and bothering you or like you know you'll you have homies in cities that you're hitting but like you don't feel fucking like social so you like try to hide and shit and it's like all that 
you know, definitely can fuck up your mental and like touring life in general. I feel like it's not for everyone. Like mm-hmm. it definitely takes a special person to like, you know, live that lifestyle. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's why I always encourage people like, yo, like if you got time, like, you know, try not to be as much as on, on your phone, like go do something physical, go read something, um, you know, anything to like keep your mind good because yeah, like you, you know, it can really get fucked up while you're on the road. For sure. Yeah. I, I, I always tell the story. I've, I've only been on tour once in my life. I was only for like a week and it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was definitely times where I was like, I, I hate the people that I'm with. <laughs> yeah no <laughs> and it's not even that you like you hate them it's yeah. just like you're just in a fucking mood and like oh. or like you know you'll touring life is like for food wise in general is also fucked up because you're just eating like fast food shit you find at the gas station and like you know eating shitty is gonna make you feel shitty and then on top of that you feel like you feel shitty because your brain it's just like fucking you want to fight everyone Mm-hmm. Okay, and you, sorry, you, you mentioned food. I, I have to ask you about bakers. Is that still maybe a thing? Maybe uh, we'll see. I think tonight might be Indian food. Maybe. Well, we don't know. We we like we might do a movie. We might do something else. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I definitely want to try that place out because I looked at the menu and was like looking at the Google images and shit. And mm-hmm. I was like, holy fuck. It looks crazy. Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of funny how it's like a um in like an inland empire thing because that's like you know the area that you're in. It's considered the inland empire. So mm-hmm. uh, like that chain of restaurants is only like in like a select number of cities. So like when people Word. um like for, for me like you know having a lot of friends out there like you know when I was younger getting into the hardcore scene that was always like a thing like okay we're gonna go to the show we're gonna get bakers before we go home because where mm-hmm. we lived I mean it, it wasn't a thing so it was always like a special treat to be able to to stop and get food from there yeah yeah i'll definitely either if we don't do it tonight i'm sure we're gonna be back soon mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and the delta do that because like yeah like last night we fucked up at De- we fucked the denny's up pretty good so Damn. i don't know if we can do two naughty meals <laughs> <laughs> back to back naughty meals yeah well, I, I had denny's the other day and it fucked me up like like i was yeah. so scared because i thought i'd got food poisoning it, it literally ruined my day like I, I had it for lunch and i just started to feel like shit like i had to like quit editing this podcast like mid-edit because i just thought i got food poisoning and i like took like a like a nap and it just like threw off my whole day so I'm, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take a break from denny's for, for, for a while after that one <laughs> no yeah i i got a fucking like a skillet with like you know chicken fucking chorizo potatoes all that shit cheese and a side of pancakes and a side of biscuits so yeah whenever we go out to eat i usually eat a fucking lot <laughs> that is a lot of food yeah uh, okay <laughs> the, the the person taking our order was just like yo like it doesn't come with pancakes. I was like, no, I'm aware. Like mm-hmm. I want a side of pancakes and a side of biscuit along with my skillet. And he was like blown away. <laughs> and did you finish it all? Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that is a lot of food. That's awesome though. Um, and also just a last thing about like, you know, your, your, your mental health, what, when you are on the road and you are having those tough days, um, I, I, how do you find ways to like kind of clear your, your mind and try to like, you know, kind of get back to that good mental state? Um, it's a, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, for me, 
so like as far as like a normal like show day goes we go to the venue kind of early like around noon um like one or two for some shit and from there we have like so much time and so like some days we get sound check some days we don't but um from like you know one to like five or six it's like all of that chunk of time where like you have nothing to do like you're just sitting there like waiting basically um and i usually always try to like either like you know go work out go on a walk you know like get away like after i'm done you know changing strings of my guitar or like making sure my gear is good um i like you know those are like the little ways of like you know trying to get my mind ready and shit like that because it does get taxing it can get taxing really quickly mm-hmm. um you're around the same people all the time you see the same faces besides the crowd um but yeah i don't know like it's funny because like whenever i work out i'm just like all right i need to fucking beat the noise the noise in my head that's like you know all that like dark shit or whatever um and that's kind of my way of doing it i don't know if it'll work out for everybody because like not everyone can bring like 45 pound kettlebells and like an 80 pound kettlebell with them on tour and shit um but yeah I, i always try to like you know i feel like whenever i'm in a physical state i feel better after so yeah and I, I obviously follow you on social media. So I've seen you with the kettlebells. Um, and is that like the only stuff that you, you brought with you or do you like to do like other stuff? Yeah. I mean, when I'm at home, like, um, so, you know, like I train like an MMA. So like, you know, when I'm at home, um, it's like jujitsu in the morning, uh, strength and conditioning workout after, which is like, uh, it's like half kettlebell, half like barbell shit. Mm. And then, um, yeah, that's like my Monday through Friday schedule. Um, but on Friday and Saturdays, I do like two a days because those are usually my days off from work. Um, so I'll do like, you know, jujitsu in the morning, strength and conditioning workout. And then at night, it's like sparring for like a couple hours. So like that type of schedule, like on tour is impossible. So I always just bring like the bare essentials, which are just like my two 45 pound kettlebells and then my big monkey kettlebell. And that will get me by like, and, um, haven't been able to yet, but, uh, whenever like we can have time, like I'll always try to reach out to homies who do train in the cities that we played. Like, yo, can I drop in like for a class or two and shit like that? You know, that's actually going to be my next question. Cause you know, MMA is so popular these days. You can find an MMA gym, you know, practically in almost every city, especially like, you know, major cities, the ones that like you guys are touring to. So I, yeah. I was going to ask like, you know, if that's like a thing you have thought about is to kind of just do drop-ins and you know, kind of get to train with people from like all over. So I feel like that, that'd be like a cool opportunity, yeah. right? Since you're you know going to be on the road anyways. Yeah. 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 I had, I've had a few people like DM me and be like, yo, like when you're in this town, like, uh, text me, like, come like, uh, roll with us and shit. I'm like, yeah. And like, I'm also, um, lucky in the fact that like Jamie and Joe from code orange also train mm-hmm. jujitsu. So we've been like talking about like, yo, we need to buy mats and like fucking, you know, just roll in the green room when we can. It's just our schedules haven't lined up yet, but like, I'm sure it's going to happen soon. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully like it's been like two weeks since I've fucking touched the mat and I'm like, you know, hurting, but the kettlebells will get me by for now. For sure. I mean, have you ever uh, forgot your kettlebells in, in like any of the places that you played? 
ever oh forgotten them yeah like left them behind no <laughs> uh-uh, no and like um uh, yeah it's just funny like i was saying like you know there would be that chunk of time where no like there's nothing to do so i'll just be like near the trailer just working out and shit and i always remember to put the kettlebells back in the trailer before i shut it um because yeah like i i can't imagine like fucking leaving a city and forgetting shit and you're just like you know oh fuck because those fucking those motherfuckers are like uh expensive as shit mm. and have you, uh, you know, convinced any of your bandmates to, to join you in with those kettlebell workouts uh nah well like emma she works out she's definitely on the same vibe um and then like sam also works out as well um uh, probably like not as much as like i do but like yeah but then the rest of the band is just like you know chilling um if we had it our way we'd probably bring like a full-on like gym that had like everything but the gym that we have is just my shit so it's like can really do so much yeah it's enough to get you through for now yeah 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 and have you been keeping up with mma because obviously there was like that big pay-per-view in jacksonville yeah, I was actually watching the prelims to tonight before before I got on here. Mm-hmm. Um, that Vicente, Vicente Luque and Bilal Muhammad fight. Man, That's tonight. I I hate Vicente Luque. You do? <laughs> yeah, just because because um I I used to argue with my friends that uh, Michael Chiesa was the dark horse of the division and that he was going to be the one to to beat everybody and then he runs into Luque and gets uh, you know tapped out. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder how it's going to go tonight. Because, um, yeah, because m- fucking Muhammad got knocked out that first fight. So we'll see. Yeah, but he probably want to fight him like he fought uh, Wonderboy Thompson. Just try to, you know, just yeah, wrestle it, it, him. Yeah, he fights fights kind of boring, unfortunately. But, like, if it gets you the win, like, whatever. Um, that's, that's you. But, like, even like that, like, the fact that, like, you know, you train in jiu-jitsu and you're training like wrestling like when you see like in a fight you can like uh what's the word fucking enjoy it more because you know what's going on mm-hmm. as far as like a you know a casual like oh why aren't they like knocking each other out or like why aren't they like punching each other and it's just, like well yeah like that part's cool but like you know this motherfucker has him like in a headlock and he's trying to get like you know uh the underhook in and shit like that and like you know that makes it more entertaining at least to me but yeah, it it blows my mind that <laughs> people just think uh, you know getting a knockout is so easy, and um, you know, and I get how wrestling and jujitsu could be boring from like an outsider's perspective, but like for me, yeah. like when I was getting into it, I was always uh, you know curious about positions, and that's what kind of pushed me to actually have to learn why fighters were doing certain things and how they got you know like you know if they would be getting like a stalemate position. And finding out, you know, that certain guys are like amazing jujitsu players, and that's why certain people couldn't, you know, advance or get out of certain positions. So, for, for me, I like, yeah, I, I think I just got like that weird, crazy MMA bug where I just wanted to learn everything. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of how I felt too in the beginning because I started doing Muay Thai for like the first couple of years, and uh, after a while, like my training buddies kind of were like, you know wanting to move into MMA more. Mm-hmm. So like they like, you know, we're like trying to do like jujitsu and fucking wrestling. And I was just like, no, I'll stick to this. Like, like I'm going to try to perfect my leg kick for now. And then fucking, yeah. And then I was supposed to do a fight, um, like a smoker event and shit like that. 
And then just like, it just didn't line up correctly with like what we were doing. So I was like, you know what, maybe I'll actually start doing like jujitsu. And then we got home from the last tour. And then I just like found a new gym, um, that taught jujitsu and like wrestling and like all the MMA shit. Um, and then from then on, I was just like, holy fuck, like, like grappling with somebody and like rolling with somebody is such a different beast than like, you know, just striking and like, you know, trying to like deflect kicks and then, you know, read their fucking like feints and shit. So like in that aspect, like it just makes watching UFC so much more fun. Cause you like, you understand why homie is like inside control or like why homie, like, you know, like homie's like sitting on the ground kind of and just like on his back like waiting for the other guy to jump in the his guard and like but the other guy knows that if he gets in his guard he's fucked and it's like it makes you know all that shit more entertaining yeah and even watching like a fighter like gsp and just being mm-hmm. amazed at like how good like his cardio is and you know to, to know how much yeah. energy like wrestling uh you know takes and for him to be able to to go as long as you know like 25 minutes it's it's insane yeah i remember watching a video where he was just like uh, he was explaining to somebody that he was saying like, uh, when I work out, I only work out 25 minutes whenever I'm at the gym. Cause like, that's how long a fight is for him. So he's going hard as fuck for those 25 minutes and then he's done. And I was like, yeah, that makes fucking perfect sense. Yeah. I, I, I think he's the goat. I, I know that's like always like a, a thing that's up for debate, but, <laughs> but when, when I look at him just as a fighter, like overall, you know, inside and outside the, the octagon, I, I think he has done everything right. So I, I always mm-hmm. like, you know, pay respects to, to him. And, and even like, you know, when he was active and fighting, he wasn't my favorite fighter. I was actually, you know, um, picked against him a, a bunch of times and always lost, but, um, yeah, you know, but like, you know, being able to like look back at his career, I, I definitely think he, uh, did so many things right. And, uh, I'm happy to have been able to, you know, been around while he was active. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, it's funny cause people call him like a boring fighter for that same reason, but it's just like, he worked so many of your favorite fighters and like gassed them out and shit. And like, even like, uh, that rivalry he had with like my goat, Nick Diaz is just like, you know, it, it was, it was perfect. <laughs> Oh man, you know I I love the <laughs> I I love the Diaz brothers. I I have like a a, a Diaz brother. Oh, I I've like a, I have two um, Nick Diaz shirts back here. Um, one is like a Metal Militia shirt, which is like the funniest thing because like when I wear it out, people are like, "Why are you wearing Metal oh, Militia?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Dude, you don't understand. This is fucking this is a Nate Diaz like walkout tee. Shut up." Um, yeah. And then I have yeah, like yeah. a a, a D throw Nate Diaz tee, and then I have like a just like a Diaz brothers shirt that they made that like Shale Sun and modeled back in the day, which is pretty funny. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like him and his brother are like my favorite fighters of all time for sure. Like today was fucking uh, Nate Diaz's birthday. Yeah. And I posted that clip of when. Yeah. Yeah. So you posted that earlier, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. We, when Nick came over from Strikeforce, I was uh, you know when we came back to the UFC. I I was so stoked. I was like, he's gonna he's gonna beat GSP finally because obviously like they had the back and forth, but they couldn't fight because they were in different promotions. And then when Nick came yeah. over and uh, you know beat him or not beat him, but when he you know obviously beat a couple people to get the GSP, I was like, all right, mm-hmm. it's on. But then, oh, man, I just don't think he was as aggressive as he should have been. And you know, GSP yeah, GSP did GSP. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even now, like I don't know if you saw like the Robbie Lawler fight. That's it true. was just like, uh, like such a. I mean, I don't know. I don't know a situation, obviously, but it's just like. Yeah, he's just not as aggressive as he used to be. 
and like you know there's that whole like rumors that he's only fighting because he owes people money and shit you know that's why he's doing it but then like i don't know if you saw but like, uh, his trainer posted something that was kind of insinuating that he's like going to fight again or some shit yeah um uh, caesar gracie posted that on his instagram yeah, yeah. which yeah i don't know yeah i <laughs> I, I, I yeah because I, I loved him, right? Because he, he had so many awesome fights. Like I like I still watched that mm. that fight against Paul Daly. That was like one of the most like in, intense fights, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I don't know. And then you know his his performance against Anderson Silva was kind of fun. But then it's just like I don't. I, I just want like vintage Nick Diaz. Yeah. Yeah. And then I mean, he, yeah. And even with Nate, like Nate was so good. And then I don't know why or how Masvidal made him look so bad um which like bummed me out yeah, yeah yeah i think i don't know i would have loved to see that fight keep going but obviously they stopped it um early yeah but yeah i mean even with that like the fight he had with leon edwards like he he kind of like woke up during the fourth and fifth round like yeah. he was getting pieced up obviously and then like the fifth round he fucking smacks him and like wobbles him and shit yeah it's like, so i don't know like I, i'm like yeah i like i was wondering like, why couldn't you have fought like that in rounds one two and three you would have you could have beat him if like you know, yeah he was like way more aggressive yeah. but i don't yeah. know but yeah they'll definitely always hold a special place in my heart because they <laughs> they just have like this you know awesome style and you know never really put on any fronts and I remember when he beat Conor McGregor, and that shit was so so oh lit. <laughs> yeah, oh, fucking uh, my jiu-jitsu coach, like I forget, he was saying that, like, oh, some like article or some like MMA thing was going around that like they were saying that like you know because of the Brown Ortega fight, uh, that jiu-jitsu doesn't really hold a place in MMA, and he, my coach was kind of like you know in a mood about it, and like that. Uh, morning that we were training he like took us all aside and like he showed us the conor mcgregor versus nate diaz fight mm-hmm. the where like you know he pieced him up took it took his back and then put him in a fucking choke and it's like you tell me like jujitsu doesn't belong in fucking mma like look at that and it's like yeah like you're absolutely right <laughs> yeah no it, it, it was super sick yeah that that, yeah. that is a weird article because I, I think uh jujitsu is what kind of kicked off uh you know the, the the popularity of mma if it wasn't for the gracies you know the ufc wouldn't have yep. been successful and you know who knows uh, where this whole thing would be today yeah yeah and uh, yeah i mean may, i might be biased too but just like when you roll with somebody and then you start acclimating yourself to like learning all the moves and like understanding all the moves it's like you definitely have like more of a more of a respect you definitely have more respect more of like you're falling falling more in love with it almost because you're just like damn like you know there's this whole other beast over here to mma and shit like that yeah because i I remember when i rolled with my uh coach for the first time when i used to train and he was a black belt uh shout out coach mike i remember he got on top of me and it just felt like the whole world was on top of me because he he like was, was oh, able yeah. to, to like you know, control his weight so well that like I could not get up for the life of me. It, he he could have yeah. killed me right then and there if he wanted to. <laughs> it, it was such a crazy thing. I was like, how the hell is this guy doing that? Um, and yeah. that always tripped me out. And then um, so I I used to train at a gym that was uh, owned by Cub Swanson. 
Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah that guy's that guy's sick. Yeah, and he was there and he had his arm in a in like a trash bag sling because he was like, you know, injured like, you know, between fights and he was just rolling with people and it just you know, in the rotation it was my turn to roll with Cub with his arm in a freaking trash bag sling he he was able to he's a black belt i was a white belt and you know he was able to just have his way with me i was like this is so crazy that uh he's so skilled at this and he literally has one arm damn wait so you you've rolled with cub swanson you can say that yeah <laughs> that's fucking sick yeah but yeah i mean i don't know if you saw but like he like the I think it was either Uriah Faber or either he did a call out or Uriah Faber did a call out and they like want to fight or some shit like that. They're trying to get that set up. Yeah. Which would be really sick. That that would be sick. I obviously like I I'm a big fan of both, but I would have mm -hmm. to root for Cub just because he's from where like I grew up. So Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So I got to yeah. root for the local guy because even now, like these yep. days, uh, since I live in Orange County, like whenever there's a fighter, you know, a fighting out of Orange County, I always pick them no matter what. Even if I don't like them, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Just hometown pride shit, yeah, yeah. Because out here, there's like just this crazy hotbed uh, for MMA. There's always like, you know, obviously there's Kings MMA out here. There's like you know, Ruka has mm -hmm. the, their their private gym out here. Um, yeah, TJ Dillashaw. I'm pretty sure he still has his, his rain training lab out here. So there's like a ton of good MMA just in Orange County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Portland, it's like few and far between but i'm glad that i found the spot i'm at because like it's it's like american top team just like the portland one mm -hmm. um and there's like you know fighters that do like lfa and fucking pfl and like there's a few ufc guys there who are up and coming so it's like sick being around like you know like real dudes who like fight for like you know on tv and shit and it's like i feel like there's like some weird like thing about like oh like you know mma fighters are all like assholes or like you know they're all like big egotistical you know people and it's like the complete opposite like the few people that i've like been able to spar with who are like in the ufc and like lfa and shit are like the nicest fucking people ever and they're stoked when you're like a new guy who's just like you know getting in and like you know they can see that you want to learn and like you're just down and shit like they get stoked about it yeah, I, I definitely do think that that's like a big misconception when it comes to MMA gyms or jujitsu gyms that there are just like a bunch of like, you know, mean like meatheads or whatever. But it's like, no, like that community is like super welcoming. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't, I also thought that at the beginning, like I didn't expect like people to like, you know, make, make, like make their way towards me and be like, hey, man, you want to roll? Like, like you want to learn or like you want to like figure out how to get out of this position, like shit like that. And it's just like, damn, yeah, sure, of course learning from like a high level dude it's like yeah mm -hmm. yeah i remember uh it was the the day after the korean zombie got that twister off mm -hmm. and uh, i remember I, I went to class the next day and i asked the the teacher uh, i was like i was like yo coach i was like I was like, can you, she just had to do a twister and he started laughing. He was like, oh, that's actually really advanced um, for you guys. But I, I'll, I'll show you how, uh, like, you know, situations where you could pull it off. But like, yeah, you might not be there yet, but like, we'll just show it off just because obviously it's like it was like a big thing at the time because it was like the first yeah. twister in like the, the UFC. Um, so I, I definitely do miss like those kind of days to be able to, you know, be like, you know, riding that high from being such a fan from watching the event and wanting to go to class the next day to try to, you know, see like what everybody else thought of it and try to like, you know, pick up on things that I watched on TV. 
yeah i feel like bryce mitchell's like <laughs> the new twister guy definitely <laughs> <laughs> bryce mitchell wow have you listened to his, his yeah. mixtape uh i li- listened to a song and i i was like i thought it was fake like i was like what the fuck like this is actually him mm-hmm. and then i like was watching more youtube videos like holy hell he like does rap that's fucking crazy <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah he's a strange dude uh i i, I wish him the best he's yeah. he's a talented fighter yeah. but he's just like you know watching him on like uh the embedded i was like this is uh, this is weird he's lighting like red dragon sage and stuff which i'm kind of like is that he's like going yeah. into battle i'm like this is because <laughs> it seems fake i'm like this guy just doesn't seem like he'd be really into that and it just kind of seems like maybe yeah. he's just like pulling like a goof to kind of trick everybody but then at the same time mm-hmm. man, i was like okay if that's him being serious and okay maybe this guy is just really into it maybe i'm just the one who's being like weird <laughs> yeah i mean it does not seem like you know how like fucking you know colby covington has like that maga shtick and like you know stuff like that it's mm-hmm. like it does not seem like a stick with this guy like he seems like the, he's this weird <laughs> yeah. for sure and what, what do you think about colby because there's like uh you know talks of him running from kamzat now because like kamzat you know, beat gilbert burns and now colby's talking mm-hmm. about going to 185 because he says he sees like a clear path to the title up there yeah um I, I like the confidence. I like, you know, he'll, he'll never stop being that character. It seems like, so it's definitely makes for great, you know, articles to read about or like videos to watch, but I don't know. I, I, I think the fight to make is, you know, uh, Kamza and Colby, like they're both insane wrestlers, insane grapplers. It'd be, you know, it might even turn into just a straight up, you know, striking match because they're both so good at grappling. Um, but yeah i don't know he he's just entertaining like i i I don't like to say that like people you know take him too seriously like just it's a character man like Mm -hmm. because i've heard that he's like super nice in person and like you know just a good dude to be around but i mean jorge masvidal obviously feels differently about that but yeah (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm I'm in the same boat. Like, yeah, like uh, I've like listened to plenty of interviews where people basically outed his character. Like, yeah, like he's not really the MAGA guy. That's just he had to do that to kind of save his career because the UFC wanted yeah. to cut him. Um, but yeah. you, you, like you know, and I, I always get flack when I like root for him because it's like, dude, you can't deny his skills. He's ranked where he is for a reason because he's able to beat so many of the top fighters. Basically, everyone except for Usman yeah yeah i mean his cardio is fucking insane like he's just yeah yeah that fight against robbie lawler he like he put it on him mm-hmm. yep but yeah i don't know if he beats comza that's the thing comza is so like it's such an anomaly right he's he's just like this this guy that's like on the rise which is like so rare for someone to come in and have this kind of impact right because we, we've only seen it just a few times throughout the sports like history so for comza to yeah. to get to where he is now and you know people were trying to say that he wasn't really fighting top competition beforehand uh but he he's been tested especially after this this gilbert fight we, we saw him you know face some adversity and he was able to get through it mm-hmm. um and you know not uh you know fail the test so for him to be able to beat gilbert and get ranked uh, i think they have him at number three now like the, the, the ufc yeah. does 
yeah i think it's it's awesome and sometimes i think about like what if he is like the guy to beat usman because i don't know like i don't like when i look at the roster like i, I swear it was going to be kiesa but he did he obviously didn't make it um and yeah and i pick colby uh for to, to win in their second um you know fight but then uh, usman mm-hmm. pulled it out again so who knows maybe comes out in some weird world is like the guy who's going to defeat usman who arguably is probably the best welterweight ever at this point yeah yeah um i feel like a lot of people feel that way i also feel like uh i mean leon edwards is 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 a good fighter but i feel like he's just gonna get steamrolled if that if that fight does happen because i also kind of feel like um kamzat needs one more test and then he should get the title shot but obviously i'm not the ufc and you know the money the money fight would be just you know straight to the top you know him and usman but yeah yeah and and i i i feel bad for edwards because i i do think usman beats him again just because when you look at their like each of their last fights right um edwards just his output just wasn't as crazy and i I seem like he was just kind of just way too chill versus like usman's gonna put it on him if you think back like when he you know that first round against Gilbert, of you know versus Usman, and they were just going at it. I think I think he's going to want to put that stamp on Edwards again, just because people keep saying that you know he might be the one to do it. I think he's going to want to just like put it put another stamp and you know, be like, okay, cool, I'm ready to laugh the the, the division or fight this guy in Kamsa yeah. that everybody is is afraid of. Yeah, yeah, and it's crazy because like. Um... I think it was, it must've been like a Joe Rogan video or some shit like that. But they're saying that like Usman's knees are like fucked up. Like they're like, like they're, I guess it's bone on bone, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it's, which makes it even crazier that he's been like, just killing these dudes in his division. Like he has bad knees and he's Mm -hmm. like still fucking putting it on everyone. Yeah, that, that definitely was when he was on Joe Rogan. Because I, I do remember that episode. He was talking about how he has to like walk on grass because it hurts to walk on like the sidewalk. And yeah, yeah, I'm like, that's fucking crazy. Like, yeah, <laughs> and and to look at his fights against like you know top competition and like the way that he moves, it's like, how does he do it when like his knees are so messed up? Yeah, yeah. It, that that also just reminds me of the fucking the Nick Nick Diaz interview when he's just like like why would you pull out of a fight? Like I always fight hurt. Like who doesn't fight hurt or some shit like that? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, dude, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, man. Uh, and did you watch the, um, the, the Korean zombie, which I was so bummed about because I, I didn't pick him to win I'm, as much as I'm not like, I'm not the biggest Volkanovski fan. I, I picked Korean zombie, <laughs> but he just looked like trash. Like Volkanovski made him look like light work out there. It was crazy. I didn't yeah. think it was going to go like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were in, uh, we were playing in Vancouver that night. So like we played and then like immediately I went on my phone and it was like trying to find like, you know, uh, links to watch the fight because i was like damn like fucking pay-per-views are like 75 bucks now like fuck that mm-hmm. um but yeah he yeah he just i think a lot of people thought that korean zombie was just gonna like do a hail mary like right hand or something because he has crazy power but volkanovsky is just too too much of a beast too quick his footwork's insane um and obviously like i love brian ortega 
like that's probably one of my top fires but like also in that fight like Volkanovski didn't tap three times in positions that like would have killed anybody else like um he's just a dog <laughs> straight up mm-hmm. and i think um i think yeah i know korean zombie is like a great fighter but the max holloway fight should have happened that i feel like they should have called the fight completely and then waited till max was like feeling 100 percent, and then done that i think a korean zombie was just a gimme for him and then you know that's what it looked like <laughs> And this is a crazy situation to be in, right? Because you got to think there's not many people to get another crack at a champion, especially when you're down, you know, zero to two uh, against that same champion. So yeah. So like, I, I, I'm a huge Max Holloway fan, so I was happy to hear that he was going to get that that uh, you know that third crack at, or well, you know, technically second crack at Volkanovski. You know, yeah. He was the champion the first fight, but um. I, but I don't know, right? You know, Max is like, you know, inactivity, not by his choice, right? Because obviously he had to pull out for whatever reason. I'm just curious, yeah. like, is he like, I, if hopefully the, the Max that fought, you know, Calvin Cater, yeah, your Rodriguez, I hope, I hope that's the one that shows up and brings that kind of fight to Volkanovski. Cause imagine like the, okay, the, yeah, your Rodriguez, Max Holloway, and then like the Korean zombie Volkanovski and those guys meet. That fight would be so crazy. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I remember we, I think we were in Nashville when uh, it was Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez. And like, again, like people thought Yair was going to, you know, put it on him, but <laughs> not at all. Yeah. And it's crazy because like Yair makes people look easy. But then when it got, gets to Max Holloway, he he's just like, all right, he's like, this is, I'm, I'm going to show you like a whole different level. And Yair was cracking him. Like Max was taking yeah, some, some yeah. solid shots and he just didn't fold. He, he was just taking it and was able to, you know, put it on Yair. It, it was wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, he's, he's a fucking lunatic. I don't know. Like a lot of times, like you'll see people get hit and you're like, damn, like that's a CTE shot. And like, I feel like every time people get to crack at max, it's always like a hard shot. And he's just like, eats in. he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. He just has like that, that chill. Just, yeah. There's like no real reaction from it. And he's like, geez. Yeah. Yeah. Was it the, uh, when he fought Dustin Poirier where like that round was about to start and he just like points in the middle. He's like, like we'll meet right here. And they just start swinging. Or is that somebody else? No, that was somebody else. Who was that? I'm, was trying, to, I'm trying to think that was, uh, this is gonna bug me. I have to look this up. This is gonna bug me because it's on the it's on the, yeah. the tip of my tongue. Yeah. Uh, it was. I want to say. Oh God, it, it, it's a guy that tapped Cub Swanson. He's from Chicago. Um, what the hell's his name? It's. Fuck. Um. They called him the bully, right? That was his nickname, the bully. Ricardo R- R- Ricardo Lamas was that the fight? That sounds sounds right. Let's see, uh, Ortega. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the R- Ricardo Lamas fight. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Damn, it's been a minute since I heard that name. But yeah. <laughs> Which, that, that was wild. But it's but oh, you bring up D- Dustin Poirier, and that makes me sad because when they were fighting for that interim lightweight belt, I don't know how, mm-hmm. but Dustin Poirier, like when he was hitting Max Holloway, he was mm-hmm. he was putting it on Holloway. He, you know, obviously like hurt Holloway like clearly so many times. And I'm like, geez, like how is he so much stronger than like all those other featherweights that Max is fighting? Yeah, yeah, it's I, 
there's a few few fighters here are just it makes no sense like their body composition brain composition or the fuck just makes no sense and yeah that's why they're the fucking they're always in the top top five yeah if i'm being honest i didn't think justin gaethje was going to be that good in the ufc because i i watched him when he was fighting in like world series of fighting when it was called that back in the day mm-hmm. and then when they're like all right he's, he's coming over i'm like okay like he has a like an, a, like an entertaining style but that's not gonna last with these like you know high level fighters in the ufc but somehow he he's been able to make it work like when he, he beat up tony ferguson that he made me sad that day because i was so <laughs> sure tony ferguson was gonna win and he yeah he he, he literally ruined tony's career because after that tony hasn't been the same yep yep and then yeah tony's fighting chandler now coming up soon i think is he or is that somebody else no 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 yeah you're you're, you're right and I, I really like Chandler because I was a fan of him in, when he was in Bellator. I, I thought he was like a, mm-hmm. a talented fighter, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like, it sucks because there was like that time, right? When it was like Khabib versus Ferguson, like who's going to win? These are the two best yep. lightweights. And now Ferguson's just, I don't want to say he's washed, but he's just yeah. like, God, like Benil Darius put it on him. Oh my God. It's just, he's just, he's just a weird dude. I don't know. Like, there's a video i don't know if you saw on twitter um he's just like he's just he's he's working out but he's like fighting he's like doing like backflips on like you know those like mma dummy things Mm -hmm. they're just like to pick up and shit yeah and some someone quotes me and was just like uh tony ferguson just shows up at the gym and does this and calls it a day and like i don't know he's just he's like i mean there that fight with pettis where he like just came off surgery like six months ago Mm -hmm. and still decided to fight like he's just a crazy fucking guy yeah but, I, I i met him once really yeah yeah because he <laughs> he i mean he, he he trains like probably like 20 minutes from where i live but i, I was i was at this work event at the there's like a, a county fair and they're like they, they tricked us they're like all right like if you want your bonus check you have to go to the the work event at the fair and i was like god I don't want to hang out with my coworkers. I just want to go home. Yeah. But I was like, I really want. I was like, I really want my bonus check. So I, I got my bonus check. with like, they're nice enough about us, like food and stuff. So I was like, all right, like mm-hmm. I'm good. I, I'm going home. So as I was leaving the the county fair, Tony Ferguson and one of his homies are like walking in my direction as I'm leaving, mm-hmm. and I was like, fuck. I was like, I have to say something because, like, it's Tony Ferguson. And and this was when um, he was matched up against Khabib the first time. So this is like how long ago it was. Oh. Oh shit! So like, okay. so I like walk up to him and I was like, "Hey, Tony Ferguson," and he was like, "I could tell he was like a little buzz because they had like beers in their hand and stuff." And he's like, "Hey, what's up, man?" And I, and I just like introduced myself. Like, hey, my name is Jamie. I'm a huge fan. He shook my hand and I was just like, "Hey, dude!" I was like, "You got to be Khabib for us." And he's like, "Don't." He's like, "Don't worry, dude. I got it." <laughs> and then you know, then the whole thing, just the whole saga, you know, the, the fights get you know called off, and then it just never yeah. happened. But yeah, the, I, I met him one time and I was like pretty fucking stoked. Yeah, that's sick. Um, yeah, I, I've never been, I've never met, I mean, there's, I don't know if you know this guy, but his name's Ricky uh, Simone. Oh, He's yeah. like, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. trains at the gym that I do. Oh, really? Uh, that I go at. Yeah. He's hella nice dude. That's probably like the closest to a UFC fighter I've ever been. He, but yeah. Man, you're right, Faber put it on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I, I think I think he's next up. I think he's he's coming up definitely. He's just waiting on a fight still. Yeah, he, he's on a. I'm, I'm looking at his record right now. He, he's on a really good win streak. He's beat a lot of good people. 
Yeah, yeah. I think the last dude he fought, he knocked him out. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, Asunsao. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, and the only other, um, uh, like, I, I know Khalil Roundtree just because I used to go to, like, uh, you know, shows in, like, Las Vegas. So um, I, I know him. And it's weird to, to be like, I know him because he's like, I knew him before he was in the UFC. So knowing that yeah. he's in the UFC now, it's crazy. So I'm, I'm happy for him. Uh, he, he's been doing good, but the only other time I ran into a UFC fighter besides like Cub Swanson, who's my coach, was um, it was the day before I went to Portland. Um, I was uh, I was at this mall because um, so I, I had to make a choice. I was like, okay, do I go to the UFC at the Honda Center? It was Ronda Rousey versus um, why am I thinking missing her name? It was her first title defense in the UFC. Oh God, oh now I have to look this up because this is. Uh, <laughs> Because this is going to piss me off. Because uh, the girl that Ronda fought is a girl that I uh, met at the mall. So it was literally the day before the fight. So it was um, weigh-in, weigh-in day, right? And I'm like walking through the, the, the main place mall in Santa Ana. Because I'm looking for a jacket. Because I know that I'm going up to Portland. And it's going to be way colder than yeah. it was in Orange County. So I was like, I, I, I need a jacket. And then um, I was walking through the mall. Okay, Liz Carmouche is her name. So I was walking through the mall and I see Liz Carmouche and her girlfriend. And I don't know why, but I get like super starstruck and they like look at me because they are just (laughs) seeing me staring at them. And I was like, Liz, uh, (laughs) I I sounded so stupid. I was like, Liz Carmouche. And she was like, hey, what's up? And I was like, I'm like, you're eating cookies. Like today's weigh-in days. And she like looked at me and she's like, don't worry, I'll be fine. And I was like, I was like, okay. I was like, good luck. And she's like, all right, bye. It was just, it was like the weirdest yeah. thing because I, I was, yeah, I, I just saw her eating cookies. And I was like, damn, she has to weigh in later because this was like before, like they were doing like the, the early weigh-ins, you know, like like the mm-hmm. ceremonial weigh-ins were the actual weigh-ins. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That that, that was like yeah. like back in the day, and I was like, yeah, for some reason I was just so starstruck. I was like, oh my god, it's it's her. Yeah, the the whole cutting weight thing is like the most insane thing. Like like the science behind it where like like you were saying that like you're like blown away by someone like eating cookies before weighing. It's like some like I asked this dude um at my gym, I was like, so like how does like cutting weight go? Like I want like I was very curious and he's like, Well, you know, like I usually weigh like, you know, fifteen, twenty pounds over my fight weight like a week before. And that's just like, you know, and I'm just like blown away. I'm just like, what? Like how? And then you lose like 20 pounds in a week. And he's like, yeah, because, you know, it's mostly water and like all that shit. It's like, damn. Like, and the way he was explaining it to me, he was just like, he'll, because there's some fighters who like, you know, get fat immediately Mm -hmm. after they're done fighting. And then when it comes to a training camp, then they start losing weight and shit. And then there's some that like just stay fit all year round. Um, and I feel like if it were me, I'll just do that because then you have less weight to cut, like rather than, you know, 20 compared to like four or five pounds. But yeah, it's it's crazy. Interesting when I think back when like Frankie Edgar was the lightweight champion back in the day mm-hmm. and then he dropped down to 45 and then now he's fighting 35. And yeah, it's like, dude, like how how was he ever the lightweight champ? Because you look at the light, lightweight champ now with Charles Oliveira, there's no way Frankie Edgar could fight that guy and stand a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's it's like when uh, what's his name? Uh, Dan Hooker went down oh, man, in his man. last fight that to was... one one twenty five, one thirty five, forty five, forty five, forty five, forty five. I'm just like that dude's tall as fuck. Like how how is he gonna get down to that weight? 
that was sad. That, that that bummed me yeah. out. Like I, I was happy yeah. for um Arnold Allen because he's a good fighter too. But just Dan Hooker, yeah. just uh, you know Michael Chandler, just sent him on this downward spiral. Yeah, yeah. I, I really wish I, I wish a win for him soon, but like I don't think it's I don't think it's gonna happen, especially after that last one. Yeah, and it's like, where does he go? Does he stay at forty five or does he go back up to one fifty five? And it's just like uh, it, it's it. I mean, there's not like an easy division, so he's just he no. just has a tough road either way. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's it's it. I think it also lends itself a lot to like the whole city kickboxing crew, where it's like you know, um, I forget which UFC it was, but when it was like it was Adesanya, um, and then two of his teammates were on the same UFC. Oh yeah. Um... The, yeah, there's a the light heavyweight guy. I forget his name. Um, yeah, uh, Carlos um, Ol, Ol Olberg, I think maybe. Hold on. Yeah. Now it looks. But like... yeah, yeah. I was just like, and then like the other dude. I just know his nickname, the Blood Diamond, and like you know he was getting hyped up to like start taking over and shit, and like his first fight he just gets fucking choked out. That's yeah, but they have um. Who's that guy? Was it uh, Brad Riddell fights out of there? I think it was. Um, yeah, he he's pretty awesome. But th- th- there's a lighter weight guy too. What's his name? Uh, uh, Kai Cotter of France, dude. Yeah, that guy. Oh my god, he yeah. he sent Cody Garbrandt to the to the desk or whatever they were, uh, whoever's talking shit, shit yeah. about Cody. I oh man, Cody. Like I don't think I've seen anybody fall from grace as hard as Cody Garbrandt. Yeah, I, I, I mean, when I was telling, like, you know, talking to people about this stuff, I was, everyone says that, like, they, like, hated him, and I was like, I never hated Cody, like, like, I thought he was a great fighter, and, like, the whole, like, uh, Dillashaw, like, rivalry and shit mm-hmm. was so entertaining, and it's like, and now to see him just, like, you know, every fight just lose, it's, like, kind of sad. It's, you know, his, um, his chin you know like once that yeah. chin goes it's um you know you, you don't really get it back you know you, you look at older like some of the older fighters like you know chuck liddell when he he started you know getting his button pushed it was just never the same and i think cody's been knocked out so many times you know so close together because he didn't take like mm-hmm. like remember when um uh, i kind of i just said his name the, the guy that max holloway beat um oh calvin cater carlos he took like a you know like a whole year off to, to to recover and he came back and you know he looks normal right he's not yeah he doesn't have like yeah. that glass jaw and i i think that was um an issue for cody is that i think he just always came back too soon and it's just it just went so quick and it, and, and he was yeah. so talented right because he obviously he had great stand-up but he was a wrestler that never uses wrestling yeah yeah it's unfortunate and like yeah like the, how you're saying about calvin cater like in that max holloway fight it was like a record of how many strikes max threw i think that was the one yeah he broke his own record he, he, yeah 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 so i mean for that guy to be like yeah i'm taking a fucking year off <laughs> and then coming back definitely yeah. a smart move yeah and, and i get that it could be like financially taxing and really hard but it's like i think it's worth the the hardship you know, to be able to continue to have a career instead of trying to just come back quick and right that wrong. 
because it's yeah. it, it's not worth it because once that chin goes like yeah there's like it just seems like there's really no way to r- repair that yeah yeah i mean yeah that's that's the fight game that's combat sports unfortunately yeah i know it it is weird because i because i used to think you know fighters like i used to think chris weidman was going to be unstoppable i thought this he was our american dream you know he took out that that mean brazilian and and then yeah god he's yeah. he he tried to do that spinning shit with luke rockhold and his career is over <laughs> that that's where i pinpoint his career being over is he threw that spinning shit lost the belt and it's just rocky ever since yep yeah i i it was funny because like that fight he had with anderson silva like i was younger so like i didn't know like about mma or whatever mm-hmm. at all but i just remember hearing about it because my dad was like you know watching like sports center or some shit and i'm just like and he was like oh what the fuck and then like you know the broken leg and then i was like holy fuck like it it was so popular that it made it into like you know sports in general mm-hmm. yeah but yeah that sucks sucks for him but i mean that happened that happened to connor too I'm like you know that... now he's like all beefed up God, as much as i like connor i just wish he wouldn't fight anymore because I, I feel like he's at the point where like he's going to end up like BJ Penn and kind of tarnish his legacy. Cause if you, you know, look at BJ Penn, um, was, was so good until he ran into Frankie Edgar and then Frankie Edgar had his number, but then he swore that he could beat Frankie and got two more cracks at Frankie and just, you know, got beat up and then he got fed to Yair Rodriguez. And then it's just like, what are you doing? And just like, just stop. And then, you know, all of the stuff outside the the sport, him getting knocked out by random people at the bar. And you're just like, dude, yeah. BJ Penn, you're not <laughs> the BJ Penn that I want to remember. And like, I just feel like Connor's in that territory. He's walking that fine line because, mm-hmm. you know, he, he came back from the, the Mayweather fight, which I, you know, I don't blame him for taking that. I, I wish I could live in an alternate timeline where he didn't, where he, stayed the mma path and continued his greatness but yeah when he 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 comes back and he fights you know these i don't want to say like mediocre because he is fighting like top level but you know he gets whooped by khabib which you know everybody gets whooped by khabib so that's fair yep (laughs) and then um i'm not sure remember the timeline exactly and then i know he he, what he fights cowboy is that right after Mm -hmm. and granted cowboy Uh, yeah cowboy at that point wasn't the same cowboy that you know used to fight back in the day he was already like older so like that wasn't that impressive those weird like shoulder strikes which was interesting and i i I just kind of like looked at the the landscape i don't really see connor being able to beat any of the the like upper echelon right now because i feel like and like just the skill gap kind of caught up to him and yeah you know people these days are just like way better than what he was before he went to go boxing yeah i mean that's kind of like the game you play i feel like when you takes like a long t- i mean in this case he fucking broke his leg so obviously it's gonna take a long time to like get back into it but like even now all but, that time off and he's like you know begging but, or not begging but wants but, like a title shot but but even before the the leg break right even like the first fight when mm-hmm. when he wasn't uh checking those calf kicks 
you, you kind of realize like, holy shit, Connor's been gone and the calf kicks have become more prevalent that he mm-hmm. didn't train to defend those because there's no, there's no reason for him not to defend it. And he was just eating them, which definitely compromised yeah. him. And then when Dustin, you know, TKO'd him, it was just so sad to see someone who was so great go down like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fucking, I forget who was, uh, I don't know, anyway, I can't remember, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, to your point, I think that's, yeah, that's what's what happens. The longer, the longer you are fighting, the longer, you know, the better people start getting, like, it's just a different era each time. I feel like. Except for GSP. GSP went out and then G- GSP came back, won a title, and then said, see ya. I'm a he, he came he came to prove that he could beat the bigger guys. He he beat Michael Bisbing, um, which was awesome. And you know, he, he didn't yeah. you know do it like super easy. He 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 took a lot of damage. Bis Bisbing was doing da- damage from you know his bottom position, but you know, GSP was smart. He he kind of saw the lay of the land. He was like, okay, he's like, I, I managed to get the decision against a roided up Johnny Hendricks. Let me take a break, and then came back, which was fine. And like, yeah, like I'm I'm happy he's not gonna fight again because he he knows that he, he could easily end up like Anderson Silva, uh, yeah. Conor McGregor, even Chuck Liddell back in the day when it's like, dude, Chuck, just stop. Like you're you're already washed up, which sucks. Yeah yeah another guy that i feel like should stop fighting is definitely frankie edgar too oh man yeah dude Fucking, yeah cheeto just oh my god like when that he, oh that front that front kick you've seen that picture right <laughs> yeah where like yeah, yeah, frankie's yeah. and i hate talking about it because I, I love frankie edgar um but that yeah. that picture where it looks like his face is just melting I was like, oh my god! Someone was like, "Damn, he made him look like an elf, like an Dude, old elf." God, it, it's yeah. I man, that that is rough because he and it, you know it, it's one of those situations where you, you try. He he tried to go down to find new success, and mm-hmm. it just wasn't working out. Even he went down twice, which is which is so rare because um, he was he was so good for his time but then just i think it was just one of those things too like the the skill gap and just i, I think also for him what, what he suffered from was the like the physicality of like you know modern day fighters right like he was he was the natural like 155 champ but people just found better ways to cut and um they were just becoming too big and he wasn't viable at that weight class anymore and still he went down wasn't viable at 145 because those guys were still huge gets down to 135 yeah. same thing it's like and i don't think he can cut to 125 so nah that yeah i don't i don't even, i don't understand how people can get to 125 in general but the fight at 125 like what yeah when so when i was training mma like just thinking about um the way that my body is built and like how much i weigh like i'm five six i weigh like 180 so i was like all right i I can cut 30 pounds i can get to 155 i was like i like my dream was to get revenge for bj penn and beat up frankie edgar (laughs) that was my dream back in the day when i was training but then when i went to the gym and like i was training they're like all right like um we're gonna put you against like an actual lightweight and i i walk up this dude's like six three just yoked out i'm like you're not 155 he's like yeah i'm 155 like when i fight and this guy was just making me look like 
like trash. And I was like, this, okay, yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, okay, let me rethink this. Okay, I guess one fifty five is not going to be my dream. And then I was like, all right, let me look at the champs and see what they actually like. You know, like how tall they are and like how much they actually weigh and i was like i would have to fight like 135 yeah. or like 125 so and i was like there's no way i'm beating mighty mouse so i was like all right let me just scratch that and i was like okay I was, yep. like, I, I was like i could definitely beat tj dillashaw i hate him so i was like i, was like, I could do it <laughs> uh dude i i'm excited for dillashaw which is sterling i think it'll actually happen who do you got in that fight I think I'm gonna go Dillashaw. I, I like as much as like you know. Uh, I have a, a couple homies in Denver who like train with Corey Sanhagen. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Corey Sanhagen, but like, you know, obviously it's not him fighting Sterling for the fucking belt. But from there, I was like, well, like I give it up to Dillashaw because like he fought with a fucking fucked up knee during that fight and still still got it. But yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, Sterling's style just just his like lack of activity versus TJ Dillashaw, who has like a heavy output, who you know puts the pressure on. I, I think that mm-hmm. as much as I hate to say this, like I think that matchup does favor TJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I did. I was so sure Sanhagen was gonna beat up T.J. Dillashaw, <laughs> and dude, me too. Oh man, me fucking too. You know, my biggest fear for Corey Sanhagen is that he's gonna end up like a Cowboy Cerrone, like these guys that just get to the fight right before the big fight, and then just kind of mm-hmm. shits the bed. Because like even like when he fought Peter Yan, I was like, oh, like he's he's got this, like his his build, the range, like he has it all. Mm-hmm. But then sure enough, it, it, Peter Yan just slowly crept up on him and just outpointed him i was like damn how did he drop that one too so it's just like you know the yeah. tg dillashaw fight and the um you know pure yawn fight i was like god i i hope yeah. Corey can figure it out because he's he's so good yeah yeah i mean definitely think the dillashaw fight went the right way mm-hmm. um a part of me kind of feels like the yawn fight was more favorable for sanhagen but that could just be me being biased mm-hmm. i think you know points wise it should have been a little bit more skewed but you know whatever that that shit happens yeah i'm i'm hoping he can get back soon to fight uh, and i'm talking about Corey sanhagen yet who's i would like to see that that division keep moving but uh, you know i see like jose aldo trying to throw his name in the mix which yeah which which is yeah. rare because like he's one of those guys that went down in weight and is actually having success mm-hmm. so yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see because he hasn't fought in a minute. Yeah, and he just looks like yeah, him going down. He just doesn't look like um he's aged. It looks like he's gotten better over the years, yeah. which is crazy. So in that case, who would he fight? Would he would it be Jan? Because he's like ranked like fourth. Yeah. Well, um, I would. Well, there's a chance that he could even get the title shot next. Because uh, true, because uh, Sterling was calling out Jose Aldo as well. Um, true. Let's see. Let's pull up the the rankings. Because um, he, I wouldn't want to see him fight Jan again because they, they did fight before. So, mm-hmm. um, there's. Let's see. Let's see who he's already fought. Okay, so he's already beat Font, which was a pretty good fight. Munoz, 
Vera. Damn, he's literally beat. <laughs> he's beat a lot of motherfuckers. He's literally beat everybody. Yeah. Um, and Marius uh retired. So, yeah, one one thirty five. He's literally beat everybody that, um. So he'd have to do rematches, maybe put him up against. See, and now he'd be fighting backwards. So if if he had to fight anybody, I would want him to fight. Um, uh, there's uh, Aldermain's uh partner. Um, that Marab Deval. I always I can't fucking pronounce his last name. Uh, oh, Deval yeah, Sh- yeah, Shively or whatever. Um, he he was in yeah. Beyond, or he was in um, Sterling's Corner. He's um mm-hmm. that that like really good wrestler and striker. Um, yeah. So he's ranked number six. Aldo's ranked three. I don't think that'd be too far fetched. Um, if they wanted to give Aldo a, a fresh matchup, but they're also talking about doing Dominic Cruz versus um Aldo, which would be fun. But I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Dominic Cruz so much, and mm-hmm. I I I just. I'm always nervous when he fights because I I want him to perform well, but he's obviously getting up there in age and he's not as good as he used to be. So I'm always just like, yeah, all right, please pull this one down. <laughs> yeah, I lo- I love when he commentates, but I feel you when he fights, it makes me nervous for sure. Yeah, because even when he fought uh, Munoz, he got rocked, and you know mm-hmm. back in the day it was hard enough just to hit him but now these days when he's getting rocked and you know if i'm being honest i felt like he could have continued in that um uh henry cejudo fight because because when you saw him get rocked in the in the munoz fight you're and he was able to recover and come back and win it's like dude he could have done it against cejudo and we would have never had the that champ champ and <laughs> he, he would have shut yeah. that down real quick but uh, yeah. yeah i mean uh you see that uh so who knows back in the usada pool or something some shit like that yeah you know i, I wish he would have never left but i get it you know he, he wanted like more money and you know mm-hmm. it's fair he, he he saved the the flyweight division he was you know double champ he, he definitely deserved more money um yeah but i think he wants to come back and get revenge for his guy that couldn't, you know, win. So, and, you know, he was calling out Volkanovski before and like wanted, you know, he even volunteered to step in before Korean zombie got the fight, which I thought, I felt like that would have been a good matchup instead of the Korean zombie, like like a good alternative to Max Holloway was, yeah, would have been Henry Cejudo because he's never stopped training because he's the head coach of that fight ready gym out there in Arizona. And they have, you know john jones um they have uh that uh uh, jerry prokayev or whatever his name is um jerry jerry some shit yeah is it jerry or yeah uh so they they have a lot of really good fighters out there and then they had um uh, davison figueredo who i hate i hate that guy (laughs) yeah i hate him so much i wish he didn't win but whatever yeah which is you know it's crazy I can't believe they're running it back. That's so crazy. Like right away. Is that confirmed? Is that confirmed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh shit! Hell yeah! I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I forget which pay per view it's going to be on. Hold on. Now I feel like my brain's getting rusty. Because uh, <laughs> I'm like, like I obviously like there's like this log jam in that division because these rematches keep happening, but those fights are just so good. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because I did see 
him tweet out to Kaikara France or some shit. I didn't see that. See. But it's either that or the Brandon fight again. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Which I just hope Brandon comes back and just beats him up. Just like the second fight. He, the second yeah. fight, he, he was looked, just made it so like smooth and just made it look easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you don't also count the first fight. Because <laughs> that way it's a trilogy instead of a quad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is like rare. Because normally I, I hate like uh, immediate rematches because it, it does screw over the the division and then you know the, the the window is so small for all these fighters so i always feel bad for the people who are like right there just kind of waiting and you know the, and then yeah. the fighters who take the risk and sometimes lose and then lose that on, on their shot and you know that's it that's a wrap because just by chance they don't get back to it so yeah yeah it, it's definitely like I, I can't like I can imagine just like you know working your ass off getting all those wins and then like you know the organization being like no we're gonna make more money if we do you know a rematch and then maybe you're up next like yeah that that fucking would piss me off too yeah and then they they give you the option oh yeah like you could sit out for almost two years and make no money from fighting and then we'll <laughs> you know give you the shot but uh you have to sit out it's like gee that's that's such a tough go because it's like you you want to make money as, as much money as you can so you, you you get put in such a rough position yeah um you brought up his name earlier john jones how do you feel about john jones i hate john jones he's, <laughs> he's a fucking cheater he, he's the biggest cheater in our sport <laughs> <laughs> are you serious he he lost uh, he lost to alexander um gustafson in their first outing okay which you know okay so i remember back then i was so trained uh in watching john jones so i was like okay he, he's gonna beat this guy up so let me just get ready for bed so I, I remember i was in bed i was like all right here goes round one i was like i'm gonna watch him win real quick and then go to sleep and then as the fight kept progressing i was like okay so i, I would like sit up and i would get closer to the tv and i'm like holy shit he's actually gonna do it and i felt like john jones like lost that fight so the, so that one hurt me and then obviously he comes back wins wins the rematch i was actually in person the only time i've ever been to a, a ufc is when uh it was john jones um gustafson two and then uh, amanda nunez cyborg um oh yeah shit. that was a crazy event um but yeah. then yeah and then john jones was on his tear or whatever and then he runs into dominic reyes which I watched that fight and I was so happy. I was jumping up and down in my buddy's apartment. He fucking did it. John Jones is over. And then yep. somehow the judges were like, no, uh, Dominic Ray has lost that fight. I mean, there's no fucking way. Dude. Yeah. I watched so much MMA. I know so much about MMA. There's no way he lost. <laughs> and I was watching that like non-biased, like very objective. And I was like, there's no way this is it. And then sure enough, we get, he gets screwed over. Dominic Reyes spirals out into depression. and <laughs> It's never been the same. Yeah. It's never yeah, been the no. same. It's like, Oh my no. God, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I'm glad you feel the same way about that Reyes fight. Cause um, I remember, I forgot what I was listening to. I think it either might've been a podcast or something, but like they're saying the same exact thing. They're like, yeah, John Jones has a loss on his record. It's just not recorded. And it was like that Reyes fight. And I went and watched it immediately after. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, he was losing rounds. Like, and like towards the end, like Reyes, like, kind of woke up a little bit more too and was just like piecing him up. And then, you know, and judges were like, nope, 
John wins again. Like that one, I feel like it's a lot more um, clear cut than the Gust- Gustafson mm-hmm. fight. For sure. Yeah. Cause the, sure. cause he came back and the Gustafson's fight was like landing that, that like spinning elbow and like hurt Gustafson and, yeah yeah and that's why like and and i don't want to think there's like corrupt judging or whatever but i swear somebody had to have gotten paid off or something (laughs) there's no way i mean mean, it's either i don't know if it's corrupt judging but like bad judging and we all know that like certain states just fuck it up i just want to like rip open their freaking head and be like what are you watching like how how did you score it for john jones so i don't know yeah and and i'm i'm so over him too because there's like you know oh i'm going to heavyweight it's been it's literally been like two years and yeah you know i don't care go, go to heavyweight i, I don't really care. <laughs> I, I i think i don't think he even fights again if i'm being honest it seems like it seems like it's been all along like a long con like he's actually not gonna fight like there's that whole thing where he's like you know they want to do a steep a john jones fight for the interim title or some shit for when nganu comes back but it's just like do we actually want to watch john jones fight a heavyweight like there's so many factors like pointing towards he's gonna be slow because he put on all that muscle it's not gonna be the same he's also kind of an asshole like outside of mma it's just like i don't know i don't think I even think like Ngannou's not going to come back because like the the the, yeah. the kind of stuff that he wants in his new contract, the UFC can't give it to him because as they do, they kind of like opens like the floodgates to other fighters wanting the same thing. And granted, yeah. like he's the heavyweight champion, so he definitely has like a little more pull than your normal fighter. But mm-hmm. you know, like what what's going to stop uh, Dustin Poirier or? Um, these bigger, you know, people who sell pay-per-views, like what was going to stop them from wanting just as much because they, yeah. they definitely do deserve more. And when you look at how much money the UFC is bringing in versus how much they're paying their fighters, it's actually pretty fucking sad. Yeah. I mean, how, however you want to feel about the Paul brothers, whatever, but they, yeah, they did bring up a good point. It's like, damn, like, a motherfucker can go to boxing and like make triple quadruple the amount of money that someone does in a UFC pay-per-view. And it's just like, like, you know, I feel like if you're putting your life on the line time and time again, you should get paid enough for it. And especially with Ngannou situation where like, you know, everyone wanted him to lose the gone fight, but he doesn't, <laughs> he just out wrestles the dude and shit. And it's just like, you know, yeah, like Dana White doesn't want another Connor Mayweather situation, basically. So they're trying to kind of like make an example of the Ngana situation at the same time. And you you mentioned uh, the the Paul brothers, which is so crazy because I didn't think we'd get to this point. I <laughs> I I cannot believe that Tyron Woodley fight. I I I believe that shit was fixed. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Me too. Yeah. Like, I mean, call, like, I'm, I'm a conspiracy theorist anyway, but like I watched so many videos where like you see him like it was like a choreographed like, you know, step into the punch type of thing and like right to sleep. And it's just like he's gotten hit way harder in the UFC and like just kind of was like whatever about it. And then, yeah, like, you know, and for the way that he fell just looks so fake. It was, it was so silly yeah. <laughs> like really like face plant on the fucking floor like and, and i hate yeah. that 
like it was so popular that I had to see so many like whack takes on like on boxing. They're like, oh my god, like it's such an amazing knockout. And you're like, ah, not really. <laughs> it wasn't even a real knockout. No. Um, no. Cause yeah, yeah, he he obviously he has been knocked out before if you go back and watch like his fight against like Nate Marquardt um in mm-hmm. strike force and uh but yeah he has been ha- hit harder with smaller gloves and he didn't even fall like that and then he has yeah. like you know Jake Paul has that like a little like uh, wrist twitch before the punch to kind of signal yeah. like hey it's coming yeah i i hate it like i mean i i, I don't hate yeah. Jake Paul cuz you know i was um like i'm still really into youtube but like i was like really into like back in the day he was like you know in this big drama against like these other youtubers that i was really into so i like followed it really closely so i've been aware of jake paul for a really long time mm-hmm. but it's pretty whack yeah um what was I gonna say? yeah i mean and then at the same time just like okay if it was fixed and he got to make fucking in a insane amount of money because of it then good for woodley and his family because that's gonna just pay off yeah like, whatever yeah like i'm not hating on woodley for getting the bag because we all know his rap career wasn't gonna go anywhere that shit <laughs> that that oh my god i for for him to to be around real rappers and for him to believe that they were really into his music is so sad because they were probably just gassing yeah. him up like dude you got the next hit you, and you it's so bad like i i listen to rap a lot and you know follow that stuff pretty closely and when i heard yeah. his raps i was like this is dog shit <laughs> this is so bad <laughs> this is, in no world is this yeah. gonna be played in any club or anybody gonna actually want to no. listen to this it was embarrassing no the bryce mitchell stuff was better <laughs> <laughs> yeah bryce mitchell is a way better rapper than tyron woodley 100 percent. yeah that's crazy to say but it's true <laughs> yeah weird statement but it, it's a fact <laughs> okay yeah man well ufc or do you do you follow like like one or bellator or any of those other organizations um here and there um fucking the, the few stuff i know about bellator is like musasi and like how that dude's killing it over there mm-hmm. um as far as like one stuff um rod tang and like the mighty mouse fight did you see that i i, I did i i was in philly yeah. and i remember I, I woke up to um like my alarm and i'm like oh shit i think it's time uh mm-hmm. I, I was like uh, you know pretty stoked on that but it kind of went the way everybody expected yeah yeah i i, I follow like sanchai and like rotang all those like dudes that like work out the yakao gym and shit and, like once i heard that rotang was starting to do mma i was like oh no <laughs> like obviously crazy muay thai fighter like chin like no other but like yeah again mma is so different and it takes a lot of time to develop those other to develop your like your ground skills right because obviously he has the stand-up down like that's not an issue but to develop like you know counter wrestling and even to you know learn jujitsu it's it's going to take time it's not something you can just learn overnight yeah like definitely not like i don't know how long his fight camp was but like not in a you're not gonna learn everything you need to learn in a fight camp mm-hmm. especially for that but also like fucking the huge huge balls that mighty mouse had to be like yeah i'll take you in a muay thai round like let's go because <laughs> yeah. that dude is insane yeah he he's like one of my favorite fighters ever 
mm-hmm. just because his just his mindset and even his skill set and he he was lucky enough to have had one of those coaches like I'm in that guy Matt Hume who's just like just one of those rare coaches who is super smart and knows the game very well and was able to coach him to be one of like the greatest fighters of all time because yep. when you look at his his skill set and, and even yeah he had that 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 recent loss against um uh Adrian was it Adrian Adriano fuck i've heard his something name something like that yeah um and his yeah. recent loss you know that <clears throat> shit happens nobody's perfect but it's not like yeah. like what i liked about him is he wasn't one of those fighters that made up any excuses he just took the loss on his chin was like all right like took it like let's yep. let's go like what's next and you know he just didn't yeah. stop so that that's something that i can really admire about him but like just even like the history that he um has had with like his run in the wec and then in the ufc there's just not yeah. that many people that could uh, you know do what he did and i honestly feel like if he fought henry for a third time because you know they were one and one I, I think he could have got henry yeah that would have been so sick but so, excuse me um yeah it's, it's like looking back now it's wild to me that he got traded for ben Askren. <sighs> Oh like, man! If, if Ben Askren, like, what? <laughs> as long as Ben Askren didn't get need by uh, uh, Jorge Masvidal, he he would have been he would have been good. But I don't think he would have. Uh, Usman would have knocked him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think, yeah. That's that's another one where like that knee was so popular that it got into Spanish Sports Center, and my dad was like, "Did you see this?" I was like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> Yeah, those were like, that was like yeah. one of those like what the fuck moments because it just happened so fast and you were not expecting yeah. that and yeah it was nasty because for him to go that stiff you know because he like fell around yeah. his side it was like stiff and the moms would all got some extra shots and you're just like holy shit yeah that shit was scary like low-key when he's just like i mean like that was a scary one to watch and then when nganu knocked out over him was also a scary one to watch oh it's like god over as a board but it was just such a nasty uppercut dude yeah like, yeah the fact that over him still has his head on after that it was just like geez but yeah he's one of those fighters that i i'm really bummed that he didn't get ufc gold because you know he, he he has all those other titles to to mm-hmm. finally get ufc gold would have been so cool for him but you know he, yeah he made it to sipe and crazy fight but yeah he wasn't able to pull it off yeah Okay. yeah but. yeah because he was in glory kickboxing mm-hmm. yeah. right yeah 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 he, he was and then the, I, I remember when he was in glory the, um like uh, at the same time they were doing this like uh documentary like uh, about his journey like through that tournament it, it was it was actually like really well like put together and it was a cool thing to kind of follow with watching that documentary and watching his fights and seeing him win but then yeah you know he obviously usada came in and they're like yo like you, you gotta bring it back to, to to your natural state and he was like all right fam because when yeah. like the the overeem that fought lesnar versus like the overeem that fought in ganu t- like two totally different body types you know yeah yeah i mean i don't know i don't know how you feel about like like steroids and shit but imagine if you know there wasn't any testing and you just let these guys or wasn't any testing like 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 the old days and they just let these guys go as hard as they could now like a fucking like i mean there is rumors that usman's like on like peptides and shit but like whatever like you know 
well i i feel like if there was no um testing well you, like i don't know like i'm, I'm kind of like on the fence because like when, when you think back to like the pride days and we we have fighters like fedor there's no way fedor was on any kind of steroids because he was for his, his body type it, it just was there's no way but for him to have been such a great fighter like yeah you know among people who were definitely on steroids or some sort of like performance enhancing stuff that's the kind of stuff that gets me excited it's like wow there's like this guy who's there who's all natural uh definitely could fight at a weight class lower but just chooses to fight at heavyweight and getting slammed on his head by like um, kevin randleman and able to like get through it all it's like that guy was fucking awesome yeah yeah And, and that's another fighter that like definitely i feel like kind of falls under the wayside of like one of the greats but like he is like 100 percent. i think wasn't there like a beef with him and dana white or some shit and that's kind of what happened well they were trying to sign him uh back in back in the day to fight brock lesnar and i remember i don't remember where dana said it but dana said that they met on some like island and his his like management company wanted like to co-promote with the UFC and the UFC was like, nah, like we don't do that. Like if Fader wants to fight in the UFC, like just sign the contract, like you'll make a lot of money, probably make more money than he ever has to fight Brock Lesnar. But there's like, yeah. no, like if we can't co-promote, we don't want to do it. So they just kind of botched like that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a crazy fight to see. Honestly. I I think, yeah, it, it would have been because I, I would have had my money on Fedor just because he's so much more skilled, but also it would have been interesting to see how he would deal with like a, a brute like Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I swore up and down that like I remember I was so sure that Shane Carwin was going to beat Brock Lesnar that I didn't even take the day off of work because normally I <laughs> Like normally I would try to like request the day off, like, you know, back when I used to like work weekends, but I was like, no, I, was yeah. like, I don't need to take the day off and watch that. Cause I know Tarwin's going to, you know, seal the deal and come to find out Brock Lesnar wins by submission. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? I was so <laughs> confused. It was like, it was so trippy. Yeah. Yeah. That, that like, I always like go, cause I have fucking, I bought UFC fight pass. So I always go back to that era of fights and just like, uh-huh. just watch them. Cause like that, I wasn't into it back then. But like always just heard stories about it so yeah and brock lesnar had his moment for a second yeah and when he when he beat frank mir in their second fight when he had him up against yeah. the fence and was just punching his face like, oh my god get him out of there that was hard to watch yeah yeah speaking of fighters who should probably stop fighting frank mir also i don't know if you saw that uh oh, that weird boxing was he in- yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He got yeah. pieced up. And yeah. it's just like, uh, it, it's so sad because he, you know, it, when he was in the UFC, he, he was such a legend, uh, you know, former champ. And and then he just didn't make enough money, which is so sad. So he's doing this other stuff. And like, how how is someone who was so good get beat up like that? that that's yeah. just, that's what just like, I watched that. And it just makes me so sad. Yeah. I remember like first, like, reading an article ace fighting again in that weird boxing thing i was like oh okay and then hearing that he got fucking knocked out i'm like god damn it yeah <laughs> and it's just like yeah and like i get it it's probably so hard to walk away when like that's like your life right for 24 7 for you know some odd years and you're making so much money you're popular you got people wanting you in every which direction and then for it to all go away like i can understand like how it can be hard but 
man to to take yeah. a fight and to go out like that it's like and then you also would don't want to end like that so you take another one and then you get washed again mm-hmm. and then it's just like before you know it you brain dead and you're you know looked at as a joke and it sucks yeah yeah i mean and that's i feel like a lot of the reason why people respect khabib to like you know that's he did his shit and he's gone he's like fuck that yeah i because there, there's also um talk that like the division he was in was gonna pass him so he like left kind of at the right moment I don't know if you think that way too. I don't know because he was so dude. He made you know Justin Gagey, Dustin Poirier. He made them look so normal, right? Mm-hmm. And there was like what he got cracked once by what um, Michael Johnson back in the day. Other than yeah. other than that, he was just unstoppable. He just you know for for people who'd always say they hated watching wrestlers fight, like he was like the wrestler to watch, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, yeah, but his I, pressure was crazy. Yeah, and I I just don't know if there was anybody right now in the lightweight division that that could beat him. Like I really wanted to see him go up and fight Usman, two undefeated fighters. Well, no, Usman has like one That'd loss on record, right? Yeah, he has one loss like very early, but undefeated in the UFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, that would have been that's one fight i think like you know modern day dream matches like that's like one that i wish i could have seen mm-hmm. yeah um fuck i was gonna ask you this like a little while ago but when we're talking about glory mm-hmm. um how do you feel so obviously you know adesanya um that one guy who knocked him out he's in the ufc now alex um Perea, or Her- Pereya, yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Pereya, um, or have you? Yeah, I'm not sure the proper way to say it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. How do you how do you see him going up like in the division? Like, do you think he's going to get to Izzy? I think so. Um, if he continues the way that he is, because you know his last fight against Bruno Silva, um, he was tested, mm-hmm. right? Um, he was taken to the ground, showed that he had some ground skills, and was able to pull out the victory, um, which was good because mm-hmm. that Bruno Silva guy was undefeated. Uh, so that that was a real yep. test. And they're talking about matching him up against Sean Strickland next, which yeah is I don't which I don't think it's a good matchup for <laughs> like okay no. Strickland needs to become a wrestler uh, in in that fight because you know he wants to stand a fight he wants to to stand and bang but if he does it with Alex I don't think it's going to go his way because that's not Sean Strickland's like you know like a wheelhouse when it comes to uh, the standing game when, when you compare him to Alex like Alex is you know the very seasoned striker um, I, yep. I think I think if that matchup actually happens I think Alex wins that and maybe by some weird chance they just push him to the title shot because Izzy you know has beat everybody at this point except mm-hmm. for what uh, Cannoneer but Cannoneer I don't know if they're actually going to give it to Cannoneer next um, yeah, but uh, up in the air. But I think they're making because, like, I don't know if they think Alex can actually beat Izzy in MMA. But I think w- the way they're looking at it is like, okay, Izzy is quickly running out of you know interesting storylines because he's about to lap the division, and yep. outside of Whitaker, there isn't really any interesting matchups or a- any interesting rematches for him to sell pay-per-views. So I think what they're hoping is this Alex guy who uh, has knocked him out and I'm sure that they can get that footage and they'll 
you know use that oh, yeah. in like the the lead up oh, to yeah. the fight i think they're gonna want to push that and be like okay cool like let's push this guy hopefully he can get there then we can have like a big pay-per-view and make a lot of money off of this um you know rematch in ma yeah i i agree completely because yeah like when i saw that he was gonna fight stricken i was like stricken's like a dirty boxer but like doesn't really have any ground game uh-huh. even like even though i love him too just because also he's a fucking nutcase like on his social media and shit but like yeah like i think alex is definitely gonna piece him up and then probably yeah like how you said they're gonna like push him towards the title shot because i i think izzy beats Kenanier, even though i think it'll be a good fight i think it'll be like pretty um head to head but like i still think izzy beats him yeah, because I just think Izzy's just way more skilled than Cannoneer. Like Cannoneer's a good fighter, but you, you saw it when he fought Robert Whitaker. There's, you know, the, just like Corey Anderson said back in the day, there's levels to this game, and um, yeah, I don't think Cannoneer's up there with Izzy yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his last fight was sick. Like he, like knockout was crazy, but mm-hmm. Izzy is just whole their level for the same reason. Yeah, but I, I would like to see it happen. I, I like Izzy uh he i think he's like probably like the most popular fighter and the one that has like the most potential to kind of grow into like a bigger star because he's already popular but i think you know if they market him right and continue to let him do his own thing i think he'll you know grow into like one of the biggest stars yeah like i'm surprised he's not like in movies and shit or like you know. i don't want i don't want to see him go down that path like ronda rousey and <laughs> um you know because she went to hollywood and then came back and got whooped uh yeah yeah I, I mean i could like i could see him in like in a combi movie like a Jud, jude apatow type of shit where he's just there just like cracking jokes or some shit uh-huh. but yeah he's definitely has like the charisma of like a star and it's crazy that he's like a ufc guy yeah for sure and just, just the way that, that he and the way that he knows how to deal with like the internet and trolling and uh yeah yeah he has a good sense yeah. about you know uh, how to market his brand exactly yeah um but yeah i mean it'll be exciting to see if alex does get up there because that will be a huge money fight yeah because you got to think like psychologically like that still has to bother him at least a little bit right yeah uh, he'll probably say it doesn't and be like it doesn't count because it wasn't in the ufc but like i'm sure he probably wants to you know get that back yeah for sure because for him to to get knocked out damn that's crazy because obviously he, yeah, yeah it, um he's built up this reputation and he probably has like a whole new crop of fans that don't know that he's been knocked out like that right so for him to have to defend his honor uh i think it's yeah. gonna be yeah I, I think it'd be really interesting but you know i'm i think izzy would probably like he's a smart fighter i don't know if he would want to just do a stand-up fight against Alex. I think he would probably take advantage of the fact that he has way better ground game than Alex, but I don't know. Maybe Alex will improve because you know, Alex is training with Glover, uh, who is the current uh, light heavyweight champ. So that maybe, maybe he has a crazy jujitsu and we just haven't seen it yet. Cause Bruno Silva, you know, didn't really present that big of a threat to him on the ground. So I don't know. I, I, I think it, it'll yeah. be really fun. Like hopefully he does make it to the top. Like I think he has a clear path because yeah. if he beats Strickland, maybe they give him like another striker just to kind of hope that he wins and doesn't get like wrestle fucked on his way to the you know top. So, yeah. I mean, we've seen it before where they just like give gimmies to fighters and then 
Ferret immediately get a title shot after, just so they can see the title fight. Yeah, they gave Chandler uh, to Dan Hooker. They're like, here, knock this guy out real quick, and then we'll we'll, we'll send you yeah. to the title shot. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazier things um, have happened in, in in MMA. That is true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking of crazy, fucking. Did you think Ty was going to knock out Derek Lewis? Because I did not think that was going to happen. You know, if I'm being honest, I didn't know which one, which way that was going to go because you know Derek Lewis was so sure that he was going to, you know, get it back for Houston because obviously his his shit performance against uh, Cyril Gone last time he fought at home. Yeah. But then Ty's just you know training in Abu Dhabi and has a new team that's like you know actually you know giving him new skills and he's developing as a heavyweight. So I was just yeah. not sure how it was going to go if I'm being honest. But when he knocked out Derek Lewis, I was blown away i was like holy shit that's insane yeah because it wasn't i, I was working because it wasn't like a tko he like knocked him out cold yeah i mean i don't know i also read some shit that because <laughs> it didn't seem like he elbowed him that hard mm-hmm. but later in the fact when they did the replay it, it was definitely right on the button but like people are saying like oh he like you know faked it or Derek faked it or like you know mm-hmm. took it yeah, no, I I did see some of those like allegations, but I'm like, I don't know, why would he? I don't think that would be the place for him to want to fake it, you know? No, especially not in his hometown. Yeah, that yeah. that's the only reason why I wouldn't believe it. Like, if it was somewhere else, maybe, but not in front of his his people. He, he's gonna want to get that, you know. Now he's zero and two at home, so he's probably never gonna want to fight at home again. Yeah, and, and I wonder who they even match him up with now. Um, who I'm trying to think who would be a good fight. There's um, not see I'm I'm really liking that that Tom Aspinall guy, but I think he might even be over Derek because he just beat Volkov like pretty nasty. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know who they give Derek. Maybe Derek just takes a break, let things shake out. So, yeah, take a year off or some shit. Let's just do Derek versus Stipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i hate like i like cpa but then i also hate him because he's just so just like yeah like i want to fight but he's just been kind of waiting and wanting these like really big fights but it's like dude you got to get back in there at some point yeah yeah i mean he even said that he wanted to do the john jones fight but i don't know if that'll actually ever happen either yeah he probably wants the john jones fight but also like a bunch of money that they probably don't want to give him so it's going to be like another stalemate or some weird bullshit yeah oh yeah but i feel like at least personally like right now it's like the most exciting point the ufc has been in a minute Mm -hmm. because like i feel like every division has like a rising star like you know like like how do you feel like patty patty pimble it are you on the patty train no I, i'm not sold on him if i'm being honest like uh really i i, I want to see him fight tougher competition like obviously mm-hmm. no fault of his own right he's just taking the fights that the uc are giving him but before i you know hail him as like the next big thing there's just too many skilled people in front of him that the way that he's been fighting i don't think it, it would fly against the you know like upper echelon so that's fair yeah so i don't think he's quite there yet if i'm being honest yeah because in his interviews he'll be like yeah i never gonna i ever knocked out or like he'll say like some shit like oh he's not gonna lay a punch on me and then he gets 
dropped and then all of a sudden it's like oh fuck yeah he's like instantly put in trouble and it's like you know yeah so i'm yeah. yeah i'm not really sold on him yet like i don't like not like him i'm just curious to see if he's able to live up to the hype but like mm-hmm. i'm more curious about i'm um, that uh, ian gary guy ian gary he's that he's that that, that newer yeah. irish fighter he's like um you know uh like really like highly touted new prospect he, he's, he's only had two fights in, in in the ufc he fought on the volkanovsky card but was just kind of mm-hmm. um outshined by Kamzat. Um, oh, okay. the, Ian, the future Gary. Yeah, that's his name. That's funny. Mm-hmm. So you know, fights at a you know pretty competitive weight class, but you know has a decent record, and um, you know, he's calling for you know like a step up in competition. So I think he's someone that probably you know could be that next wave. Yeah. Hey man, that'd be sick. Yeah, because his his first fight you know, got a finish. Um, and then his second fight, he wanted a decision, but we, we got to see him go three rounds and get to see more of his skills. And, you know, he was able to perform pretty well. So I'm, I'm just more curious about him because I think he's had a better like outing than Patty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but, but, yeah. What about uh, I, I? We can't talk MMA without bringing up uh, Valentina Shevchenko, who might be <laughs> the real goat, right? She's she's uh, too good. She's scary. She yeah, like what 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 are they gonna give her? Like, there's literally nobody in the division that she's in that she's like has embodied. Yeah, and like it, it and that happens, and like kind of makes it like kind of boring in a way. Cause she is so good. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just like, Oh yeah. It's just like, we, we know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, yeah. she needs but, to be champ champ. She needs, she needs to go up and be a uh, Juliana Pena. That would be sick. Um, yeah. Speaking of her, like I didn't, didn't think that she was going to win that Nunez fight, but really, <laughs> you know, she, she was so confident. I, I bought into her, her, really her, uh, you know, Kool-Aid. I was like, all right, was like, she's so confident. Maybe she knows something we don't. And you know, it wasn't the cleanest victory, but she, she pulled it off. Yeah. I, I, it's sick because obviously she was the underdog mm-hmm. and like Nunez had been on such a fucking tier, just botting everybody. But yeah, I mean, who I feel like I saw her recently in the media saying she was going to fight somebody. Oh, wait, no, she's doing the uh, ultimate fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they already wrapped yep. up filming. Yep. So they're, uh, you know, going to do the rematch allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens. I feel like after the season, right? Yeah. But I think she's like wanting a lot of money. <laughs> so I think, there, I think there might be a little bit of a holdup because she wants more money than I think they're trying to offer her. That makes sense. I mean, I feel like it's going to happen now with every big champ. But Thanks a lot, Jake Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to say his name again, but yeah, you're right. Exactly. Yeah, but I, I think it's deserved. You know, those like they put their bodies on the line. And if you look at and this is no diss to any other sport, but, you know, people get paid way more to throw a ball in a freaking hoop. You're like what the hell yeah. and they're all they're all sissies over there um so i think and granted <laughs> like yeah like um the 
like history of like the nba you know there's like you know it's been around for a hell of a lot longer but mm. mma is way more entertaining than any other sport yeah yeah I, i've never been to one live mm-hmm. but i i feel like it'd be insane okay just the yeah. the only downside to being at an MMA event is that you can't hear the commentary. That's the only okay. downside. But when you feel the energy of like somebody like, you know, like when somebody gets knocked out and then the whole crowd roars, it's just it's like nothing I've ever felt before. Yeah. 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 I mean, hopefully one of these like on one of these tours or something, it lines up perfectly with like a pay-per-view somewhere that would be we'll sick see. yeah I, i've, I've only yeah. been to two like I, I went to that john jones and two but they've been in the same arena so i, I went to you know john jones gustus and two at the forum in la mm-hmm. which was cool and then i went to um a bellator event which was the worst experience ever because um <laughs> my buddy got us these seats and we were so stoked but we were positioned right behind the screens that bellator brought down because like it, yeah it seemed like they were just focused about having a good presentation for television and not caring about the in arena experience because yeah we were literally positioned right behind the screen so they were projecting stuff on the screen and like we were kind of having to see stuff like backwards and like we couldn't even it was like blocking like the view of the cage so we we're kind of like looking like you know sideways and it was just a terrible experience like i would i would never want to go to a bellator again but i would definitely want to go to a, a ufc again yeah yeah for sure i mean yeah there's i don't know if that's the reason but there's a reason why it goes ufc then bellator then one or something and then you know all mm-hmm. the other shits 100 percent. yeah yeah as much as people hate to admit it but yeah there's like it, and it sucks to say but yeah like if you put up the ufc roster versus bellator's roster like bellator's not winning that ever no uh-uh. yeah so okay well someone's gotta be number one <laughs> yeah but pedro we've been at this for a couple hours um I appreciate yeah. you taking the time to, to to be on the podcast. This has definitely been really fun. I could talk about, I could literally talk about MMA forever because I'm like such a huge fan. Yeah. Um, but I, I appreciate you taking the time today to do the podcast, especially on your day off because I know you could just be relaxing and you know getting ready for tomorrow's gig. So I, I definitely really appreciate you taking the time to do this today. Hey man, yeah, no problem. Yeah, this was sick. Fucking, I'm the same way. I feel like we could have gone at least another four hours about <laughs> some MMA shit okay and before we sign off is there um, anything you would like to say before we sign off um i mean no i mean the only thing like on some like inspirational bullshit or something like i definitely encourage everyone to you know as far as like if you're gonna go on tour or if you're gonna you know do something that's gonna like mentally tax you um take care of yourself in that way, you know, try to find something that'll like, you know, keep your head clear. And, you know, I feel like right now, especially with how the world is right now too, a lot of, you know, intrusive thoughts can get into your head. A lot of shit that you see on TV, a lot of shit you read on the internet can fuck you up. And um, yeah, I just think, you know, always try to take care of yourself in that way and, you know, make sure you're good. And you always reach out to people that are close to you and shit. And yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. Well, thank you again for your time, Pedro. Thank you for everybody who tuned in. 
Goodbye.